0: This is your announcer, Chuck Landington, welcoming you to the Metal Injection Livecast. After all the dime bag discussion last week, I decided to do a survey. It turns out the livecast made it into the top 30 podcasts about Orthodox Jews, brunch, and people removing their own genitals. Congratulations! Here now is one of the top 30 podcasts about Orthodox Jews, brunch, and people removing their own genitals. The Metal Injection Livecast. Hey, yo. We're in the top 30, baby! Top 30 of all
1: time! Yeah!
2: Of a very specific subset of uh,
1: podcast genres. Hey, top 30 is top 30. I'll take it, baby.
3: Especially when there's like a million podcasts. Yeah, But but how
1: many podcasts are talking about
3: Orthodox Jews...
2: Uh, what were the other two things?
3: Brunch I went to so, brunch, brunch, brunch today Brunch
2: and Oh one. yeah But d- that makes it worse I feel Because you'd think we'd be number one in that very specific There's just so many Well
4: Bland didn't give a specific number We could be number
2: one We could be Number one is within the top 30 But if you're making an announcement You know you, you put it in the best light you can
4: This so. is Bland we're talking about
2: That's though That's true yeah, and uh, I, the
1: the joke of the, of the intro, of course, is because someone called in last week during our Dimebag discussion, praising Dimebag Daryl so hard, <laughs> yeah, saying he's Cara. one of the he's like one of the top thirty guitarists of all time. <laughs> yeah. He said he changed and, his life, <laughs> and, and we found humor in the fact that he was praising him so hard yet gave him such a. Narrow
2: ranking, right? Or well, I or was trying. I, I was trying to One him. Is how that started. I was like, yeah. yeah. "I, where would you rank?" Because yeah. he was sucking this guy's cock. So we thought, of course, he'd say number four. Four
1: one. Because uh,
2: <laughs> he, he goes, "Oh, he's got to be top thirty at least."
1: So, <laughs> Eddie, this was a very controversial point, and earlier this week, uh, we got a tweet. From an archive listener on Twitter, he's equal opportunity dork. Okay. What did he say? And he writes, I think y'all greatly undersold what a big deal top 30 of all time is. <laughs> oh, he's taking a. serious. Think of how yeah. many shitty guitar players we've seen. Yeah, Just true. counting all the garbage Hot Topic bands there are out there working. Right now, top 30 would probably be like the top 1%.
3: Wait, how did he fit all of that into one tweet? It two. It was two tweets. Oh.
2: Listen, the point
1: of I it I like
3: that that's what you take <laughs> away from it. Yeah. Rob, <laughs> could you Could you reread that with like restating yeah.
4: his uh Twitter handle in between so we know when the second tweet started? <laughs> yeah. The point of it is that it's absurd that
2: you would just be Have such a hard-on for this guy that he's a saint. and yeah, he's Be like, more hyperbolic. He's right. like John Lennon. And then yeah. when asked, he's not even the... <laughs> he's just he's not should like be... Objective. That's he such
4: sh- a specific 30. That's such a yeah. specific, not even top 25, top 10. Because if you think about it, what else did this guy do? Not that he's a bad
2: guy. I mean, he's a great guy by all accounts. But really, I mean, he's famous for playing the guitar and getting shot. Yeah, well, oh,
3: in that regard, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, he's that's famous it. For a lot more things. What else? Than that. What
2: else? Uh, opening a
1: stripper bar. So uh, black being tooth, a party animal. But oh, the top is yeah. things. Of that. The top two yes. things are. Oh, okay, that's yes. okay, okay, fine. Well, are we talking about the top thirty things? Dime is known just for just two. That, well, right but there's right number now. one
4: and two of that list. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
2: So you would think for him to be that much of a saint, he should be the best yeah. at that
4: one thing that he was originally famous
2: for. I don't know. That's just
4: how I. He's look definitely at it. the number one guitarist to get shot on stage. <laughs> uh, I can't even think
2: I, of a a, I, another I, of one. all
4: time. Yes, uh, I will give him that of all time. He is inarguably. One. Yes. Can you name another one? Uh, no, I think that, that uh, might have been the listeners. Team. I think you know what to do. Oh no no Oh no, no. stop Get this. out there in the streets no, get out no, there here. your,
2: your um, shows and Mike. give us Lower some more Mike. people Mike. to
4: put on that list Stop it Oh my no. god You're you're asking I just want to, to say there. I'm not giving specifics it could be whoever you want
2: I'm not I'm not in any way condoning Metal what injection said. does not condone this. The live
1: cast does not yeah. condone this. I want 25. This is, just shit. is the is case. Well, fuck
2: metal says. injection. I just don't want to get... I'm covering my ass. You can do whatever <laughs> you want. I don't want to go to jail. I'm ready. Right. Well, we've got enough shit over this time back <laughs> stuff this week. Really? What shit did
1: uh, we get? Uh oh, oh just uh, like uh, you know we wrote this whole story I didn't write it one of my one of the writers for Metal Injection Chain wrote a story in the middle of the week about how hey st- you know maybe you guys overreacted to this uh, this grave uh, desecration yes. and it's like sure it's it's an awful thing but this person doesn't deserve to lose their life over I this one agree. stupid thing yes. Right. And a lot of the, uh, or not a lot of the, uh, there was a a significant portion of the feedback that was just like, oh, way to go, metal injection, fanning the flames and then telling everyone they overreacted. Mm. And honestly, I'm just like, well, we we weren't the ones who initially uh, posted this thing, Pantera. The the flames were already pretty high. From Pantera's Facebook. From from Pantera's Facebook
4: before we even wrote anything. Though in Shane's article, he does sort of give you Metal injection shit for fanning the flames.
1: No, he gives us shit for inaccurately representing the band oh, cool. because we posted a photo of another band yeah. shooting on Pantera and labeled it as Pantera. Although one immediately as soon as I found out that was inaccurate. I posted a retraction.
4: How, how, how much time between when you posted the original and when you it's found out of it was weeks. inaccurate? <laughs>
5: <laughs> no, it was like
4: it's a, in your drafts folder within,
1: right now. It was it, right with, when the <laughs> podcast is over, you'll post the original. No, it was posted within the hour of, of the original. Post. Okay, that's not so bad. Uh, again, because news travels very quickly on the internet, and like I wrote in the, I wrote an apology in in, in that post. that chain wrote, I left a comment saying that you know. The story was just moving so quickly, you know, you you don't really have time to confirm things as much as you would on on a slower story. It was just
4: everyone was saying, hey, look, here's this band shitting on them. So I was like, oh, okay, well, this must be. So this is you basically saying that if all the other blogs jump off a bridge, you will also jump off a bridge. No, that's sort of what it is. (laughs) That's not that's not what it is. Because you could have paused to verify. Mm -hmm. No one told you you had to post it right away. Well, that
1: was the yeah, of course, so absolutely. But the point I'm making is that uh, you know I made a mistake, and I I fully mm-hmm. admit to that. But to say that we were fanning the flame, like like if we didn't post about uh, pan- like this whole situation, that all of those people wouldn't get death threats is ludicrous. Oh, like we barely posted any personal. They information. might have gotten like ten percent
4: fewer death threats.
1: Okay, but the majority of the—it would have still been—it wouldn't have been such a difference where they would have noticed the difference had we not posted. Says someone who didn't get any death threats.
4: Sid's about to incite I'm saying they were going to gonna the get you. you. They
1: were going to get an absurd amount of death threats regardless. But I'm sure Mantera it would have felt nicer them. to have
4: 10% less of those death
1: threats. Okay, Sid.
4: Seriously, like really uh, what about
1: 30%? i concede are you happy thank you okay great as long as it's Murder.
5: <laughs> uh,
1: but regardless it was just and then they're like you you have to apologize to the other
3: band." It's like i'm not what, <laughs> like
4: know
1: what you know what
3: you know it after a couple of days everyone already forgot about yeah. it so why even bring it up
4: because mm. it's fun
1: yeah <laughs> that's why even talk why even have a podcast now but, uh, I guess we shouldn't. Speaking of the podcast, we have a great guest for Beyond the Band today. I'm All really, right. really excited about this. Hopefully he picks up the phone when we call him up. <laughs> no, but he's going to pick up. Do you him. have
3: his phone number? Yes. Or is it like his office number?
4: No, it's his, uh, Who's
1: his phone
3: Who's in the office on a Sunday night? Well, that's what I'm saying. Chris Russo. Because if he gave oh, him... yeah. Is it Chris Is gave- that
4: our guest? Oh, my God.
3: <laughs> call him the live
4: cast, Mike, hey, tonight. going to be fun.
2: It
1: is not Chris <laughs> God Russo. damn it. It is one of the... Legendary, all-time legendary A&R men in heavy metal. A&R stands for... I don't know why it's A&R when A&R stands for artist relations.
4: We I thought it was artist and repertoire.
1: Oh, is it? Well, yeah, we could ask How it. do you not
4: know that?
1: I thought it was just artist relations. He's the TMZ you of metal Are kidding? <sighs>
4: For fuck's sake,
1: Rob.
3: Well, that's why we do these interviews so we can learn. <laughs> that stuff. should be You're the-
1: correct. It's artists and repertoire. You, that should be the first and only question. What does HNR stand for? All right, thanks a lot. Thanks. Talk to so you- <laughs> wait, we didn't even say who this was. It's Monty Connor, uh, formerly of Roadrunner Records.
3: Is he with Nuclear Blast now?
1: Yes, he's now with Nuclear Blast, but at, at Roadrunner, isn't he
2: changing his stage name to Monty Love? I heard. <laughs> Nobody gets the joke. I, I appreciate it. it. We, we, played on, on and show, and we played Monty Love on the show. we played them on the podcast before. So
1: my, Monty Connor, I almost said Monty Love, you jerks. You're <laughs> going to totally fuck me up. He signed, a, a, like, he, he worked with King Diamond, uh, yeah. Typo Negative, Slipknot, a lot of bands. And and he uh, recently left Roadrunner and he started his own division in Nuclear Blast, yeah. Nuclear Blast Entertainment, where he has uh soulfly machine head now uh suicide silence lots lots of great bands and, and so he he before. is a one of the smartest minds in heavy metal i'm not exaggerating when i say this he has 30 years of experience With heavy metal. He knows more than all of us combined about heavy metal. Why are you smiling? Well,
3: it's not a (laughs) test, is it? Like, he's not (laughs) going to question us. He
4: might throw some trivia questions at us. We're going to look awful. We should throw some at him. But no, I'm smiling because to say someone's the smartest mind in metal, really, that's not saying much. You uh, must be so he, proud well, of him. That copy- so, that's not much That's not even yourself. a joke. That's just being completely honest. He's one of
2: the top 30
4: greatest yeah, minds yeah.
1: Yeah. No, he's a, he's a great guy, and I'm very, very excited to talk to a great guest for Beyond the Band, if I may say so myself, which I may. I could say whatever I want because I'm one well, of the we hosts. We always the have great
3: guests.
2: Noah wants even to what? rank them all equally, not by yeah. in top 30s. Definitely not <laughs> doing
3: a top 30 list of guests,
2: since we've only had about five so far.
4: We've had more than five guests just now. Oh,
2: just beyond beyond the meant, the yeah, yeah. I meant True. for that segment, but yeah, let's talk about <laughs> Lars Ulrich. <laughs> I can. I, before you start that, mm-hmm. uh, there, I, I saw a comedy, a stand-up at UCB once, and this middle-aged guy was there. And it was an open mic, and he starts talking about Lars Ulrich, mm. but he kept. He, I'm sure this was part of the bit. He just kept saying Lars Aldridge. Oh, God. Lars Aldridge is in the news today. Have you guys heard about Lars Aldridge, what he said? And now every time I hear Lars Ulrich, I hear Wait. Lars Aldridge. What was head. the bit? Was
4: it funny? Yeah, it was... was
2: really funny, but yeah, yeah. I can't remember anything about it. This was like a year and a half ago.
4: Are you sure it wasn't about LaMarcus Aldridge of the Portland Trailblazers? <laughs> Absolutely not. It was about Metallica okay.
2: and something he showed up at an AM, uh, VMAs or something. Huh. It was. He kept saying Lars Aldridge, and now that's the only way I hear that <laughs> name.
3: It sounds like Lars Alterbridge. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> is he drumming for them now, Rob?
2: Lars yeah. Alterbridge? Yeah. No.
3: Okay. I break that news.
2: Please continue about
1: Lars. Yeah, Aldridge. so
3: what happened at this bachelor party? Is it was it Lars's bachelor party?
1: <laughs> yeah, Lars is getting married to a model, his third marriage.
3: Oh man, that guy doesn't learn. He must be like I wonder if he makes his wife sign a Prenup? Post a, prenup? Up, a prenup, yeah.
1: I would I would I would assume so, the man is a businessman. Why wouldn't he? But What's Uh, the model's name that he's married? Jessica Miller. She seems really successful on her own. You know, I mean, she probably doesn't have Lars Ulrich. Aldridge. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Lars doesn't
4: have Lars money anymore after two divorces. So she might have more than him.
1: You don't
5: know.
4: Maybe she made him sign the prenup. What's crazy is he has four kids with three different women. How many of those kids are older than his new wife?
3: None. (laughs) they're They're all
1: under 20 years old.
3: Oh, How old is the wife? Under 20 years old <laughs> That's what I'm saying
1: Let's see Let's see how old she is
4: What's her name? Jessica Miller I'm sure that'll be An easy one to Google It's a very specific
5: name <laughs>
1: Yeah
4: 84 So she's 30 Oh
1: Thirty-one. Wow. She's younger oh, than me. Thirty-one. I thought I heard- you were going to say she's eighty-four. She
6: was wearing an eighty-four-year-old model. She was born, she was- <laughs> she was she was
1: born the cool. same year Metallica's
2: debut album came out. Ah. Oh. Eighty-four? No. Eighty-two. A- Kill 'em all. Eighty-two. Ride the lightning. Eighty-three. I think. Rob only
4: counts the major label
2: releases. That's her puppets. 86. Eighty-three
1: was Kill 'em all. Kill 'em all. Okay, so ride the light. She came out the same. She year, was ride.
4: conceived. When
1: the, yeah. the first album came out.
3: <laughs> yes. Oh my yeah, God.
1: Uh,
4: the album came out in July, so that could Maybe vary. she was conceived while that album was playing. Huh? Full circle? Uh, huh? How about that? A little fight fire with fire. Little sunrise, sunset. Mm-hmm. Very romantic. Is
2: this the little boy <laughs> I carried?
7: So.
2: Uh, <laughs> and now ironically She carries Lars around yeah.
7: <laughs> She
2: towers over
3: him Well he course. has a thing For tall women yes. Right he Well everyone's does. a tall woman To him Yeah that's He's
2: five, true Even James four, a Is a yes. tall woman
8: Compared to Lars Yeah
2: <laughs> A little garden
1: uh, Well the funny Okay so People magazine Reported trip. about About <laughs> Lars's bachelor party Do
4: the readers of people Give a shit About Lars Oliver <laughs> well, well
1: what's so funny well, is Rob that, does Because it's
3: content for his website yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah hey it got great heads joke yeah. all you want it was one of the top no stories no yeah league. we
3: like gossip uh
1: and so so this is how they describe the party on saturday the musician hit up lucky strike for a night of bowling in a private room with bradley cooper ian mckellen what and james hetfield the lead singer of metallica just
4: those four people apparently one two bowling with the most random collection of <laughs> well actors. I love that
1: they had to qualify who James Hatfield was they had uh, to specify well, he was the magazine right yeah. well who knows who Lars Ulrich is so yeah, that's the also, time that's, it's like if yeah. you're writing
3: about him yeah well, they uh, care more about the model, not Lars. It's right. The I, guess, about Jessica. I guess that's true.
1: Wait, let's see. if Je- <laughs> The headline... No, the headline is Metallica's Lars Ulrich celebrates his bachelor party, not oh, okay. Jessica Miller's husband-to-be. it not saying Ulrich Metallica's
4: bachelor- Lars Ulrich, yeah. not
1: just Lars Ulrich. Yeah, that's true. Aldridge.
4: Now, what I want to know is uh, uh, how did Lars Ulterbridge become
1: <laughs> friends with... Bradley Cooper. I mean, I can you know, sort of understand. Yeah, Ian Bradley McKellen Cooper, is a weird but
4: one. Where did he and McKellen come from? Yeah. How, how? How? When has uh, Lars? I, over, I bet they I met. Never, a, Ian McKellen ever been in the same room? I bet yeah. they met at a Judas Priest concert. If you know what I mean.
3: now <laughs> oh. <laughs> No, I don't. Or I at don't an, know. an after party.
1: British. Man, like here, here, are, here are my theories. Okay, Lars likes to. He's very cultured quote yeah. unquote he uh-huh. likes he likes to go to art shows art gallery shows. shows maybe that's where he met Ian McKellen yeah. why or, do you assume
4: Ian McKellen is into art galleries he's a classy gentleman
3: or maybe they have friends uh, like a friend who is a mutual Patrick friend yeah, I was introduced them.
4: He, he, Lars Ulrich's dad
1: is somehow friends with how with what Ian does McKellen.
4: Lars Ulrich's dad do other than be Lars Ulrich's dad though? he's like a
1: famous a tennis player, player. tennis oh, yeah uh, from,
4: from Holland though right yeah
2: and Lars Aldridge was also a famous, like a, <laughs> on his way to being a famous. Yeah, fan. he was. Yeah.
4: He was definitely a, a really good tennis player. So the two things you assume about Ian McKellen is he's into art and he's into tennis. He's British. Why not? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: all right. Sure. Well, let's go with it. <laughs> I assume. Because
1: yeah. uh, we have no proof of either. Yeah. But, <laughs> these are all hypotheses. <laughs> How do you think Lars Ulrich? <laughs> I don't know. A I'm asking, I, I'm asking yeah. the
4: live cast listeners. Give us a call. I hope it's something more interesting than either of those options.
1: The number to dial is <laughs> 646-929-1357. Uh, also, People Magazine reports Bradley was the top bowler. They hung, they hung out in a private green room, green room and ate sushi and spinach dip.
4: <laughs> Doesn't seem like those two things go together. i'm sure that's fine but that doesn't seem like if i'm lars ulrich i'm doing something better than sushi spinach dip and bowling with three dudes (laughs) like really or is that just like the tame party that he had for people magazine and then he did something wilder that like hit parader will write about next week is that still a thing hit (laughs) parader doesn't exist rest in peace hit parader
1: what would be wild night for lars ulrich
4: blow in hookers I don't know Flowers no. doesn't
2: do blow anymore he only well for his bachelor
1: party. he made exception to other people maybe he makes the hookers do the blow I think he'll watch.
2: yeah someone else carries him in a little yeah. baby poncho forcing <laughs> Ian McKellen <laughs> to a get a lap dance through a house where, like, he watches people get rubbing tugs
3: yeah was uh, James Lipton at this party?
4: James Lipton. <laughs> the- that James- was the other course for their meal. They had Lipton soup. <laughs> but he's fake British, so he, he doesn't
3: care. Yeah, that's well, true. Well, James Lipton him. was Bradley Cooper's mentor yeah, in like, theater school. He went
4: school. to the, the school of whatever. <laughs> the there. new yeah. actor studio.
3: Yeah.
2: I was Bradley Cooper's mentor. Yeah. And he, I loved every minute of it. He
3: really, I mean, that's what James James Lipton was saying in an interview that I listened. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: No, there's fit, there's video of uh, Bradley Cooper asking Robert De Niro, I think, a question during like an old uh. episode of Inside the Actors Studio.
3: Yeah, no, but James Lipton, like, he really regarded Bradley Cooper as a um, as a good actor. Like, he he knew he would be successful.
2: I knew after I saw him in a string of successful movies yeah. that he had <laughs> what it took to be a Hollywood star, and I thank you, Noah, for for watching all of my episodes (laughs) because you are a true fan i thank you noah
3: you're welcome mr lipton
2: (laughs) call me james
3: and (laughs) and also it's sir ian mckellen call me sir
1: james he is a sir uh
3: and also i wonder where were uh
1: kirk hammett and uh, robert Trujillo?
3: Well, do you think wow, People Magazine? Wow, that's a nice
1: accent. Do you think People yeah.
3: Magazine will report on Robert Trujillo and no, but I Kirk think they report on
1: Robert Trujillo. You know what?
3: I bet the
4: People <laughs> Magazine reporter. There was probably like thirty people at this party, but those were the only four that the reporter recognized. That's true. I see. It's like who's gonna yeah, oh, magazine reporter there. recognized yeah. Robert Trujillo? Come on. <laughs> Didn't you say that they or wrote
2: James Hetfield, lead singer of Metallica?
4: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they qualified. <laughs> it, yeah, so they're to qualify. I suppose. I suppose. But yeah. then, once again, he probably knew Metallica, or at least he has like the black album. Didn't, so they, in that didn't they say servers in that booklet?
2: they say Lars Ulrich, drummer of Metallica, also? <laughs> yeah, well, well, Metallica. pots and pans. Metallica is Lars quotes. Ulrich.
3: <laughs> was that therapist there with the sweaters? <laughs> <Phil, laughs>
1: Did he die? The crypt keeper. Uh, no, 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 no. What One about of Bob Rock? Okay. Was
3: Bob Rock there?
1: No. Oh, he, he must this...
4: have
3: been there.
1: Yeah, how could they not invite Bob, Bob Rock? He, he made there.
3: them millions. Did they say wh- what the gift bag was? Wait Come on. a minute, he
2: made them millions?
1: No. How
3: yeah. did he make them
4: millions? He made millions off of them. Bob Rock You're was act. Right. he didn't bowl. He stood behind Lars and told him how to change his form.
2: <laughs> he said, yeah, go up there and go, bop, ba
4: Your form is too smooth. Aim for the gutter. On, Lars, aim for the gutter. People love it when people throw gutter balls. Who not
1: do you think the did the worst? I think Lars did the worst of everyone. <laughs> I, think I think Ian think-
4: McKellen, he's old. No, Ian McKellen, he seems like one of
1: those jack-of-all-trades. He seems like a guy trades, that rolls frail. the ball down the... Oh.
3: Uh, but between yeah. his
1: legs,
4: you mean?
3: Yeah, but they'd give him a break. like They put those things in the gutter. <laughs> you guys are being
1: ageists.
4: I think Bradley Cooper did the best because he's probably still all jacked. Oh, he definitely the did the sniper. best. Yeah. That was
1: in the article. Yeah. He did the best.
2: Then what were you asking Who us? did the worst? Oh, who
4: did oh. the worst? Oh,
2: yeah, Ian McKellen, definitely. Mm. I think Lars might be the worst.
3: Well, Lars is the worst, but Ian did the worst in bowling. Yeah, Although Lars
2: Aldridge was a uh, tennis player, so I don't know. Hmm. Maybe he's an athlete. He can bowl, I yeah. guess. Well, he's probably
4: also like shit faced. That's true. So maybe they all did the worst.
1: <laughs> Coming in a Doritos bag asks if uh, Robert Trujillo had throat cancer would he be robert through
4: neck and then <laughs> wouldn't the he french be robert pis- trotio <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what that's the french ne- okay. prince of belarus says robert <laughs> wait the french prince or the fresh prince the fresh the prince fresh. Sorry. I, I actually prefer the french prince of belarus because that makes less sense <laughs> change your username the french. rob report back to me once he's changed his change username. it to the french
2: bread then he'll really love <laughs> it
4: <laughs> mm. Some Stouffer's French bread pizza. Miss that?
2: Where? What are we we're talking about? Guys. I don't know. He brought up French bread. I just went because you know Sid really likes food a lot. It's true. Yeah.
3: Um, I right. Speaking of models, I have a quick story to tell. Okay, oh, and then go 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 we'll call him
1: Monty Connor.
3: Oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, so the yesterday I took Bruno to the dog park. We had a nice long walk and like a nice long run, and we were walking on on the way home and we pass by this like I don't even know what to call it it's like this local bar and it's like shittier than a dive bar it's right there on like 7th Avenue it's so is just it like, like an
2: abandoned storefront what's shittier than a dive bar? bar It's I mean,
3: cool. it's well it doesn't even have windows it's just like a door, and there's this shitty bar. I've in been there. to bars
1: like that. <laughs> <laughs> Go on.
3: So, um, so we're walking towards it, and there's a man smoking a cigarette and a woman smoking a cigarette. Mm. And as I'm walking by, he's like, "Oh, I have a dog like that. I have a dog like that." And and Bruno starts going towards him because he's like waving towards Bruno. And um, so he's petting the dog, and he's like, "Oh, it's a beagle, right?" Yeah, it's a beagle. The woman immediately walks away. And like, I'm looking at this guy and he's like, um, oh, got to stick out. oh, did you hear about the salt? And I'm like, what do you mean about the salt? And he's like, you know, the salt. What? That it hurts the dog's paws? Yeah, yeah. You should be careful. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. And then he goes, um, I have a, I have a daughter. She's, she's 22. She's beautiful. She, you know, she's in the Ford agency. She's a beautiful girl. Beautiful daughter. 21 years old
2: Sounds like Dorensky guy 21
3: year old baby (laughs) Oh excuse me So Bruno Goes up to him And he's like Oh this is not One of those Gay dogs is it so uh, I go
4: he is so Bruno's I, reputation precedes him yeah, of fact.
3: So I go actually he is gay. He is a gay dog. And then he starts saying this thing about his daughter. Oh, you know my daughter, she's so beautiful, gorgeous, stunning. You know what she said to me? She called me and she and I and I and I said to her, "When am I going to get a grandson?" And she goes, "Dad, I'm a lesbian." Can you <laughs> can you fucking believe she said she was a lesbian? Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, she can still have kids even though she's a lesbian. And then he's like, well she called me the other day and she told me that she's she's dating a black guy can you believe can you believe that my grandson is gonna be half nigger wow <laughs> and I'm Whoa. like yeah and then I'm like um okay I need to go now clearly Jeez. this daughter just
4: says shit to piss her dad off yeah. Yeah. wait she's a lesbian uh-huh. who's dating a black guy or he's making the whole fucking thing yeah. and
3: then as I'm walking away he's <laughs> like are you married oh <laughs> what
4: there's a catch wait, wait, for, wait for the for the lesbian daughter or for him
3: Oh, I, I don't know. We'll like, never I, know. I, I didn't want to yeah, find out. a way. picture
4: of the lesbian daughter. But then
3: I thought about it. I'm like, why did I stop to talk to a guy who at 3 o'clock in the afternoon reeks of alcohol? He's uh-huh. standing outside this shitty bar. Half of his teeth are filed down. Uh-huh. Like, get his. File? Oh, my God.
2: Like a vampire?
3: No, like, you know, when you do a lot of coke and you grind uh-huh. your teeth for oh. like years? not even on purpose. Yeah. Oh, God. And then I just felt like so grimy because he like shook my hand.
2: Oh, like, why are you hey. touching these people?
3: I don't, I don't know. And he touched Bruno and then I felt like we both needed a shower immediately. Did you shower with Bruno when you got home? No, just I, right I wiped Bruno down with his wipes and then I went and like washed my hand with really hot water and soap. Fair enough. Have um, you ever
4: showered with Bruno together?
3: No, because he's very difficult in the bath. He hates bath time.
2: We need to find out this guy's whereabouts when uh, Fag was written on the grave of Dime Bang Daryl.
3: Yeah. Mm. Oh he, god. He did it. I can like I just couldn't believe that he was just such a racist, intolerant piece of shit. Yeah, I can believe that.
4: <laughs> Here? Sure. Here. This yeah, like wild epicenter <laughs> of uh, assholes. Yeah, he I probably so. did do that to Dime Bang's grave because his daughter called up and said she was banging one of the top thirty guitarists. So He's like, <laughs> I'm going to cover all thirty bases. He killed. He's going to kill all of them. It's like a CSI no, episode. No, he th- to the others he did it on their front door. Oh, all right, but Dime Bang is dead. So, so wait a minute, Jimi
2: Hendrix dead. There's a lot of d- dead True. guitarists. Yeah, so maybe let's check Jimi Hendrix's
4: grave. Wow, it, May- it could be. And he's an a black
2: guy that had sex with oh a lot of women. Uh oh. What if he banged this guy's daughter?
4: <laughs> and when he killed she was him. Negative fifteen.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh. you know, this could have been. He could be delusional in his daughter. If anyone's was a time really traveler, I'd now.
4: believe it was Jimi Hendrix. It's true.
3: Yeah.
2: All well, that acid he did.
3: Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, so I guess we're. Uh...
1: Nope. What's but yeah, let's say. let's do this. I'm
2: going to be calling our guest now. Yes. In I mean, case you didn't know what this meant.
3: Uh, you mean this? FaceTime with him
6: yeah
3: this is a beyond the band segment
2: no why don't you run down what beyond the band is
3: okay well we we try to give you a look behind the curtain um at some of the people who work in the music industry that aren't necessarily a band Mm -hmm. and um we have a lot of did monty connor was he there when you were an intern
1: yeah, but I never really uh, worked with him. I never.
4: Oh. Rob was never that high up on the ladder?
1: Well, I was an intern. I was the yeah. lowest on yeah. the ladder. Yeah. He was on actual ladders, I was, like fixing yeah. cracks in yeah. the ceiling. Yeah. And stuff. <laughs> I was in <laughs> the was new, the <laughs> new <laughs> media department. But let's give him a call okay. right now. It's the Metal Injection Live livecasts beyond the band, and our special guest this week is renowned A&R rep Monty Connor. Monty, are you hey, there? Hey,
9: Rob, how you doing? Oh, thank you I am so!
1: Here. Awesome, awesome, Monty. Thank you so much for taking some time to hang out with us here on the live cast. I'm not the only one on the air. I'm here with Noah.
3: Hi, Monty. Darren. Hey, Noah. How are
1: you? Hi, Monty. What's up? And Sid. Hello. Hey, Dan. we're all fellow Brooklyn, uh, New York Jews. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wait, <laughs> did although you it's- say
10: New York Jews,
2: yeah, everyone yeah. in this room is Jewish.
3: Yeah. It's well, a, hey,
10: I'm
2: a, did you know I'm Jewish as well? Of course.
1: Yes. I mean, but we just
3: want to make sure that you know it's not a requirement to be a part of this podcast. No, no, no. It's even coincidence. Though, even though we're uh, in the top 30 of uh, <laughs> podcasts that discuss Judaism and Hasidic Jews That's true. around Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
10: well, most people don't realize I'm Jewish um, because uh, Connor is a very Irish name. But when you spell it with an E-R like me, it means you're a member of the tribe.
1: Oh, <laughs> now I know. Hmm. And uh, Marty, you've been doing this now for uh, over th- uh, 30 years. I don't, I don't want to make you seem older than, than you are, but well, qu- quite a while. A, f- a few yeah, decades. Let's
10: put it this way. Yes. I've been doing this so long that when I started doing it and I would have bands come to my office to meet with me, they were my age. Now when I have bands come to my office to meet with them, I, I can't help but thinking, God, these look like little kids. I mean, that's how long I've been doing it. Right, right. That's
3: how I feel uh, when I go to concerts these days. I'm like, wow, everyone around me is just a kid. (laughs) 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 I've been in this so long.
10: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I just turned, you know, I turned 50 this past year. In fact, I'm uh, just a few months from 51 and, it's a pretty sobering experience when you go to a show and you're like side by side with, you know, 16-year-old kids. You start thinking like, God, how long can I be doing this? Do I want to be here when I'm 60 years old? <laughs> Who the hell knows? But, you know, like like musicians, you know, once you're in this business, you kind of become spoiled like do do. Um, are you ever going to retire? And, of course, musicians don't want to retire. That's why you see a guy like Lemmy who's going to, You know, literally be doing it until he dies on stage. And you see guys like the Rolling Stones who are still doing it in their 70s. And, you know, nobody's going to give up. Basically, everybody's going to go until they die. That's just the way it is.
1: That's a sweet gig. Why, why, Why give it up?
3: And you're also like a part of the, you know, you're a fabric in the quilt. Like, you, you know, just the fact that you go to shows now and there are people who are teenagers who are there is just kind of like a testament to how long metal has been preserved and how, you know, this is definitely an industry that is thriving.
10: Well, I mean, it's really true. You're seeing right now what, I mean, metal is like a relatively modern invention. When did it start? You know, like in the in the 60s with Zeppelin and Sabbath and Deep Purple, or, you know, even if it started with Priest in the, in the you know, mid-70s, you're still looking at uncharted territories as far as like metal bands reaching their 50s and 60s for the first time ever, and you're basically seeing, you know, who can keep going and who could, you know, I mean, how long is the, when you, when you're thinking about singers specifically, like how the metal singer go on, obviously you have someone like Mick Jagger doing it, it well into his seventies and he looks amazing and he sounds great, but look at it from a metal point of view, like look how much harder it is to sing metal. Yeah. You know, are you going to see Rob Halford doing this in his seventies or Bruce Dickinson, you know? So it's really, truly uncharted territories as we see what happens with these metal musicians as they start hitting their 60s and 70s, um, you know, because it's a much more demanding type of music than what the Rolling Stones are doing, for example.
1: Sure. Yeah. And but let's talk, let's let's shift the focus a little to, to your job. You have basically the sweetest gig in the music industry outside of perhaps being, <laughs> you know, in also, a band. Also, I
3: feel like there, there aren't really that many... A and R guys.
1: Yeah. Well, what I wanted to start off with is kind. Of, I, I'm curious, like when you started, the music industry was a completely different beast than it is now. You know, now you could listen to a band's demo online. Uh, how did you get involved in the? Like, how did you get Roadrunner to trust you to sign bands? Like, like how did you get started with A and R?
10: If I can start at the beginning, uh, yeah. so yeah. you know, I didn't grow up and you know I didn't go to college I never had aspirations I did go to college but what I was saying is when I was in college you know I never had aspirations to do a and R I never wanted to work in the music business it kind of just happened by accident I went to school right here in the city at Baruch College on 23rd Street which is a business school Mm -hmm. and um, I really didn't know what I wanted to do when I went to school Um, so I started majoring in math just because math was an easy A for me I was always good with numbers um and basically while i was at the school i joined the, the you know the college radio station the call letters were WBM and um you know it was this little tiny radio station literally just like went around campus um you know you couldn't hear it more than a few blocks away and i had a metal show when i was there called the witching hour which was on 1 hour every week and I did it for all four years of college. And when I was at this station, I was playing all the underground stuff of the day, Slayer, Anthrax, Megadeth, Metallica, Sepultura, Annihilator, all the cool stuff, you know, years in some cases before these bands were signed. And through the radio show, I made connections to various record labels. So, uh, you know, I would get, la- I'd get records sent to me by Metal Blade, Combat, Megaforce, all the cool labels of the day. And I established a few relationships um, and basically got out of college and begged everyone for a job. And um, one guy hired me, this guy David Carpin, that worked at a tiny, tiny independent label called Shatter Records. And, you know, the only thing of note on Shatter was... Uh, have you heard of Paul Battle Battlezone?
1: I've heard of Paul Diano, yeah. but never... No, Battlezone.
10: Battle zone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Paul, uh, Battlezone was the... Um, was the band that Paul Diano formed after he left Iron Maiden, okay. and that was like the only thing we had of known on the label. But anyway, as I said, I worked at the station for four years. I made as many contacts as I could, and you know, the the station was pretty much the training ground for me as far as having skills to do A and R, because as I said, while I was at this station, I was featuring basically all the bands that were emerging from the speed, thrash, death, black, you know, black metal scenes. Although it wasn't called black metal at the time and i kind of became an expert in that type of music um... you know it wasn't i mean i lived it i was eighteen years old it's what i did it was not a job it's kind of what i listened to what i did on weekends um, you know i read fanzines i went to places like Lemoore, and um... you know i kind of became an expert in that type of music and as i said when i got out of college i just begged everyone i could for a job i worked at the shadow label for about nine months before uh, doing radio promotion by the way so i wasn't even doing a and r and then I moved over to Roadrunner in the same position in December '87 as radio promotion.
3: So, what kind and of job was?
10: Sorry. Sorry, what was that?
3: What kind of job um, was radio promotions like? What were you doing for for that?
10: Ra- radio promotion was and still is actually the easiest entry level job as far as the music business goes. So. When I was at Shatter and then at Roadrunner, mm-hmm. when I said radio promotion, really what I meant was college radio promotion. So I would get on the phone all day long for 8 hours a day and mm-hmm. call up college radio stations. You know, we're talking stations like WSOU and, you know, which is one of the biggest as yep. well as all the smaller stations, you know, including stations like WBMB where I used to work, like really tiny stations. And you'd get on the phone for eight hours a day and talk to people your own age about metal and try and get them to play your records and put them on a playlist. So you don't have to have any skills whatsoever to do college radio promotion. All you have to do is love metal and be able to talk. Um,
5: well, that's So a good that's note.
10: what I started out as. And, uh, and literally um, about seven days after starting there, we, you know, we were a staff of four or five people at the time. About seven days after starting, the woman who was doing A&R wound up quitting to go form the label Mechanic Records with Steve Sinclair. Um, And, you know, so there were four of us left in the office, and the owner of Roadrunner, his name was Case Wessels, he looked around the office, and he's like, okay, well, who can do (laughs) A&R? And out of the four people there, I was the only young kid that was into it. Everybody else at the label, it was kind of just a job for them, but I was the only person that was into it. So I kind of became A&R by default because there was no one else to do it. Um, that said, Case did realize that I had aspirations to do that because while I was working at the radio station and I told you I made connections with the various labels, mm-hmm. I would start sending demos around. So if I discovered a cool band like Sepultura or Annihilator, I would send their demos to my friends at Combat and Metal Blade at Roadrunner and to try and get these bands signed. So, you know, Case knew I had an ear for it and wanted to do A&R and basically about seven days after starting at Roadrunner I I fell into that job by default and um, the second band I ever signed was Sepultura and also in that first year I signed Obituary and Annihilator and of course once these records came out and it started to sell then Case realized that I knew what I was doing and it became even easier after that for him to trust me and just let me keep going.
1: That was what I was going to ask. With your first signings, did you kind of have to convince him to that? Like, no, this will this will do. You know, Sepultura is an important band, for example. Or did he kind of trust you from well, the get-go?
10: Oh, I like to tell everybody that Sepultura is my first signing because that's more of a romantic story. But it was really <laughs> my second signing. Okay. Um, the first signing was a, a progressive speed metal band out of Milwaukee called Realm R E A L M. And they had this amazing speed metal version of, this, of Eleanor Rigby by the Beatles, yeah. which you can go here on nice. YouTube. It was great. And that was the first signing. You know, Roadrunner was this tiny little label back then. So we were signing bands for, you know, $10,000. Even $15,000 was a lot back then. So it wasn't like it was some big, crazy risk to trust me to sign a few bands. There wasn't a whole lot of money involved. But Cates had a really good feeling about me, and he knew I was into it and knew I had connections, and that I had, you know, kind of aspired to do that, and he took a chance, and it really wasn't much of a chance, because he let me sign four or five bands, and they were all bands that went on to do well, maybe not home, but Sepultura and Violet or Obituary, bands like that, did well right at a gate, and um, I just kind of kept going and never looked back.
1: That's great. Uh one of the one of the uh bands, uh specifically one of the people that we always talk about here on the live cast is Peter Steele of Typo Negative. Yeah.
3: And you mentioned that you used to go to L'Amour and stuff. Um And so
1: obviously, yeah, like you saw uh, them there. Did you were you the one who signed Typo to Roadrunner?
10: Um well yeah, I was aware of Peter Steele because Carnivore were one of the bands mm-hmm. I played on my radio show. And you know, of course I'd see them at L'Amour. Mm-hmm. Um I've seen him probably five or six times in the old days of Lamore before they were signed. Um, so, the story with Typo Negative is that, um, you know, Peter had done two Carnivore records and then broke the band up right. and decided to form Typo Negative. Um, Carnivore and Roadrunner didn't exactly have a great relationship. You know, we were, you know, I know now everybody thinks, wow, what an amazing thing it is to be signed to Roadrunner, but back then we were just like any other label, like just struggling. We barely had a staff. We weren't selling a ton of records. We were kind of on equal footing. Actually, not even on equal footing because labels like Combat and Megaforce and Metal Blade were way bigger than us Mm. in America. So we were this small little label. You know, the first two Carnivore records didn't really sell that well, and Peter wasn't happy. wanted off the label and basically broke the band up and formed Typo Negative, and he recorded the first Typo Negative record on his own. It's actually a demo, and he pressed it on cassette and started shopping it around. Um, and then of course Roadrunner's owner Case Wessels got wind of this and sent uh you know, sent Peter a cease and desist saying, you know, you're signed to Roadrunner. You can't ah. be shopping this and uh you know, so Peter realized that and um so Case turned to me at that point and I had a copy of the album and he said, You know, Peter's unhappy, should we let him go and just let him take this elsewhere? Or should we do a new deal with him? And um I heard the album, thought it was amazing, and told Case, like, You're in, you know, you'd be nuts to drop this. This is better than Carnivore. This is, this is fucking amazing. Um, and so because of that, we actually decided to keep Pete under the contract as opposed to letting him out. And we renegotiated the deal and gave him better terms. And, of course, by the time the first Typo Negative record came out in 91, we started to staff up and have a little bit more power as a label. So when we put that record out, um, you know, I think Peter was happier. So did I sign typo negative? I mean, I guess you I guess signed carnivore. Yeah,
1: like you signed carnivore through through uh, just through contracts. Well, but like, it, oh, well. Yeah.
10: And but
3: also like you had the foresight to kind of look through this, you know, bad situation where, you know, um, your boss would was looking at Pete and, and saying that it's erratic behavior. But you you knew that Pete was talented and that there was going right. to be something down the road if if he stuck around.
10: Well, I look at it that way as well. So I do include a negative in the list of bands I signed. But, you know, if you put an asterisk on it, it kind of predated me there. And, you know, there's a little bit more to it than just like I discovered Pete out of the blue. So, but yeah, I do, I do consider it one of my signings. And uh, I'm glad you see it the same way.
3: <laughs> so as an A&R guy, are you working with um, artists or are you working with managers? Like, how does that work?
10: You work with everybody. Um, obviously, you work with the artists because that's where it all starts. You work with the managers because most artists have managers. Mm -hmm. You work with the other people at the label. Um, You know, when you sign a band, it's when you bring a band into the label. coming because of you, you're the person where the belief starts. So you have to convince the rest of your team. You're like, you know, like if I sign typo negative, it's like I'm their dad within the label, and I got to go around to all the departments making sure that everyone's paying attention to my band. And i got to convince them of, you know, the magic of the band and the vision I have. Mm-hmm. Of course, there are professionals working at labels, and these people are going to do their jobs anyway, you'd like to think. But, um, you know, it definitely helps if they feel your passion, because if they see the excitement coming from you, it makes them more excited. And also, especially nowadays, labels have tons of tons of bands, tons of albums they put out. And, you know, the more of a fuss you make as the A&R guy, the more you're running around championing the band, the more attention it's going to get. So, yeah, you've got to deal with the artists, their managers, and people at the label, as well as, you know, people in the rest of the business. Um, you know, if you sign a band like Typo Negative, you want to help them get a booking agent, or you want to get a magazine to write about them, you want to get a radio station to play them. So you really just become an all-around um, ambassador for the band yeah. within the music business but your main duties are restricted to dealing with the band their manager their producer and the people at your label.
1: When you're when you're looking for a new band nowadays what do you look for like how how can a band get your attention to the point where you're like, "You know what, I'm going to pursue this. I want to sign this band."
10: Well, let's put it this way. I'm pretty damn jaded at this point. <laughs> of I've been doing it for can, a long time. I can imagine. So it takes a lot to impress me and I've heard it all, I've seen it all, but You know, I look for the same thing I looked at back when I was 23 years old, doing this for the first time. I look for two things, either originality or an angle. So originality could be, um, you know, a band like Typo Negative. They sound like no one else. Bands like Queens of the Stone Age, System of a Down, Corn. These are all, you know, Slipknot. These are all trailblazing bands that when they came out, there was nothing like them. Or Pantera, for example. I mean, what sounded like Pantera before Pantera? No one. Um, But the thing is, if you're going to restrict the bands you sign simply to bands that exhibit originality, you're going to sign, like, you know, a band every few years. Because how often do those bands that I just mentioned come around, right? Not too often. So in lieu of looking for something totally original and unique, you also look for bands that have an angle. So, for example, when Sepultura came along, um, you know, a lot of people considered Sepultura to be, you know, Brazil's version of Slayer. It's not like, you know, when I signed Sepultura, they had had the Schizophrenia record out, right? That was the record before Beneath the Remains, which is the Roadrunner debut. And at the time, Sepultura were just, you know, they were like a baby slayer. So there wasn't really anything original about Sepultura at the time, but they had an angle. The angle was that they were from Brazil. And I know that now that doesn't mean anything because metal is such an international thing. You have bands from all over the world, you know, like... You know, bands from Finland, Sweden, I mean, just everywhere. there's not a, you know, Gojira from France. Like There's not a country the in the Islands. world, for the most part, that's not producing some metal band. But back in 1988, when I signed Sepultura, the idea of a metal band from Brazil was, like, groundbreaking. So that was an angle to get the band some attention. And in addition to signing bands at Roadrunner, I was also the label manager and the publicist, all at the same time, mm-hmm. for, like, a brief period, because... I told you we were a small label at the time, four or five people. And when you're a small label like that, you're wearing a lot of different hats. So I was also the publicist for Sepultura. And I can tell you that when I was calling the publicists at Rip Magazine or Metal Maniacs or, you know, the mags that used to exist back then, remember magazines? <laughs> um, and, you know, when I'd call these people and try and pitch them on bands and they'd hear that Sepultura was from Brazil, right away, their interest was peaked. They thought it was newsworthy. And, you know, even a band like Obituary, you know, Obituary didn't invent that metal, but, but if you listen to the vocals of John Tardy, nobody sounds like that guy mm-hmm. back then. And, you know, one of the angles of Obituary was that he wasn't really singing lyrics. He was kind of just growling and grunting and making sounds that fit the music. People thought that was thrilling. The minute I told people that, they're like, okay, sign me up. I want to write about this band. Um, and, you know, an angle could be something as simple as you know, the singer's crippled; he's in a wheelchair, or, you know, the guitar player is missing two fingers. Like, basically anything to get attention and get people to care.
4: But you wouldn't suggest so, that an that upcoming little- band <laughs> sever some fingers just to get attention. <laughs> it's like you need not. to already have the injury or else it doesn't count.
10: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, yeah, those would be the two things. Like, ideally, in a perfect world, you sign bands because they're making music that no one else has made, and it's totally original and compelling. Or if, in lieu of that, you find something really cool that's different about them. Maybe if it's not musically, maybe it's their image. You know, look at a band like Guar, who I didn't sign, by the way. But, um, you know, nothing great or particularly original about Guar's music, but, I mean, who looks as a stage show like that? And that was, you know, and then Guar had a career because of that. So, there you go.
1: And on the other side of things, if someone wanted to enter... The business realm if someone if there's a kid out there who is basically like the 18 year old version of you works at their local college radio station lives metal breathes metal and wants to get into the business side of things you know ideally working as an a and r guy but you know that's a lot of responsibility for someone right out of college uh but how would be
3: i'm sorry or maybe someone who doesn't particularly know th- like what path they want to take.
1: Right. Like, how would you recommend uh, they enter the music, the business side of things, like the label side of things, or something like that? Get their foot in the door.
10: Right. Well, like I said, I kind of just fell into this job. I didn't go to college wanting to be an A and R guy. And you know, speaking specifically about A and R, I don't think it's something you can really. St- you can train for. I mean, you're like, it's not like you can go to college and take a course in a n r R or study it. It's kind of like an innate ability, kind of the way, you know, a musician has an innate talent to play and write. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if you could really train for it. I mean, maybe you could look at my period at the radio station as training. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was doing that for four years. I was, you know, kind of learning what was good at the time. Um, and, um, yeah i guess that was my training ground for what i do um i was very fortunate in that i was basically at ground zero of what was an emerging scene at that point um you know the whole speed thrash death metal scene and i became an expert in that and therefore because i was an expert i had a value to record labels mm-hmm. so labels that wanted to cool new stuff looked at me as their entry point for that
1: so but what i hear hearing know? for the most part is luck <laughs> it just because it's like with, I feel that, I mean, as, as someone who's, who's worked in the music industry too, it's a lot of just like, you know, as long as you can, you can get your shit done and be reliable.
3: Well, Rob was an intern for road runner. Would you say that internships are a great way to expose yourself to what's out there? Yes.
10: But yeah, definitely. It's good to get your feet wet and just network within the industry, you know, meet people at, at record companies, um, you know, and by the way, a really early, an easy entry point still for the music business is to do college radio promotion. The only problem is that, you know, things have changed at the labels and everyone is looking to save money. A lot of um, a lot of labels don't even have college radio departments anymore. What they do is they hire out the indies, people like Munsey at Skateboard Marketing or people at the Syndicate. <laughs> they are now doing college radio for labels because labels don't have their own college radio departments. So if you can't get a job doing that at a label... Um, you could maybe get hired by the syndicate, for example. And the reason that's such an easy entry point is because you don't really need to know anything about the business. You just have to love metal and like to gab about it. Mm. Um, but another one other thing I would say is that if you can, and this is not easy to do, but as a kid, if you can kind of tap into a scene, ground zero of a scene, for example, like you're the first kid that discovers Gent or, you know, uh you know, any you know, the rise records metal chord type sound. If you can yeah. be a young kid that's plugged into a scene and knows that scene and get there right before that scene explodes, then you're in a position to do what I did, um, which is of course is to get someone to pay you to introduce you to those introduce them to those type of bands. Of course, the only negative there is that scenes change. So for example, if you get a job at a label because you're a gent expert, then of course you know, two or three years later, when is all dried up and everyone's moved on, you're going to be screwed unless you're able to adapt and discover new types of music. So, for example, in my case, when I started at Roadrunner, I was signing a lot of speed thrash and death metal. But, of course, death metal was really starting to die down by about 93, and labels were looking to do different types of things, and I was able to adapt and sign other types of bands. So, to conclude... Being an expert in a scene might help you get your foot in the door to label, but you're going to have to be able to adapt afterwards because no scene lasts forever. Yeah, and and
1: you've yeah, like you've adapted very well. Like like you were saying, in the mid to late '90s, you you guys at Roadrunner were signing uh, more new metal bands, and then through the 2000s was the new wave of American heavy metal and all that. And, And what I want to ask you is, how do you prevent yourself from being too jaded like it's your job to listen to heavy metal how do you make it not feel like a job
11: um
10: i mean it becomes harder and harder as you get older to be honest um mm-hmm. you know when i was 23 years old doing this i was doing it because i had to do it because it's what i love to do mm-hmm. so you know on weekends i would be listening to bands i'd be going to shows you know it's just what i did of course, as you become older, you start having kids, you have wives, family, and all of a sudden you have to make time in your schedule to go see shows and to listen to metal. It really does truly become like a job as you get older. I know like young kids listening are probably like, how could it be a job to do A&R? It's like the dream job. But you know what? When you're 50 years old, you have a wife and kids, it becomes a job like anything else. Um, so it is you know, it is challenging. Uh, it's definitely challenging to keep doing this as you get older because every year that you age, you're one year removed from a 16-year-old kid who's got a string on the pole. So you've got to be on your game and work. You know, you really got to work your ass off to stay relevant in this business. And, um, you know, that's why you don't see a lot of guys doing it, you know, into their 50s and 60s. They either burn out or they lose touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so. Anyway, I don't know if that answered your question, but no, it, uh, it did.
1: Do you listen to non metal? Like when you're not working, you're like, I'm not working, I need to put something else.
10: Jazz. On,
1: or something oh. like that.
10: Well <laughs> one thing you guys I mean, you're all much younger than me, but one thing you're gonna find is that as you get older, your tastes really start to evolve. I remember when I was listening to Metallica and Slayer and Megadeth and, you know, all that cool stuff in the early eighties, I would laugh, you know, like I had a buddy of mine my best friend, who was a lot more musically open than I was. So he was trying to listen. He was like trying to get me to listen to Jethro Tull and Steely Dan and the Eagles. And, you know, I was like some 18 year old kid. I was laughing at him like, get this crap away from me. I'll like literally like I spit on the records, you know. <laughs> and you, of course, as you get older, these tastes start to change. And now I'm finding that I'm listening to all kinds of stuff that I would have laughed at as a kid. So now I love Jeff Tull. I love Steely Dan. I love the Eagles. I love classic rock, all that stuff. I am I'm, yeah. I'm um, I basically have more mature and open-minded tastes than I've ever had in my life. And it, every year that goes by, I'm into different things. Um, I recently, you know, got it. I'm listening to a lot of country music these days. There's basically nothing I'm not into except hate. You know, I hate hip-hop. Um Yeah, I guess I hate hip-hop. That's a pet (laughs) peeve of mine. Um, But what I tend to do, guys, just so you know, is I try and stay focused during the week. And, um, you know, during the week, I'm only listening to the music I work with um, and demos. And then what I'll do is I'll set aside one day a week, usually on a Friday night if I'm home. And on that night, I'll listen to stuff that I want to hear as a fan of music as opposed to things I work with. And what I tend to listen to on Friday nights is like, you know, some of those older bands that I mentioned before. But then once that night is over, I kind of stay focused and just listen to metal the rest of the week because it's my job.
1: Great. Uh, one last question I have.
10: You know, and I still love metal as much as I ever did. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's just now I love a lot of other things as well.
1: Uh, Yeah, we get it. One last question. (laughs) You were saying, like, you listen to demos. And how long do you listen to a demo? How long do you give it a shot before you're like, nope? Because you're listening to hundreds of demos a a day or a week, I'm assuming. So, like, what is your – do you have, like, a time or or how do you know?
10: Well, I definitely have a method um, because you do get so many things in that I'll put something on quickly just to determine if if it's shit or not. In other words, I can listen to something right away and know if it's shit. If it's shit, I just get rid of it. I get it out of my face, off my desk, away from me. Ten right. seconds
1: in, like, like and how then, many how many seconds do you need to listen to something before you can tell it's shit?
10: Uh, usually within the first within a minute. Within a I mean, minute, sometimes okay. quicker, but It only takes a minute to hear if something is good or not. Um, as far as. You know whether it's got good vocals or not, whether it's a bar band versus a real band. When I say bar band, meaning it's just like some local band that you could find anywhere. Like you can tell it's not professional, you know. Right, right. Um, and what I do is I just try and weed through them, so I get like that's. I, I just have one instant test where it either goes in a junk pile, or it goes in the pile for further consideration. And then, so in other words, if I'm starting with twenty demos. Right away, you can, like, throw 17 in the map. You'll hear that they're crap. But then when I have three that are left, I will make time, and I'll give a serious listen to those three. I'll set time aside, and I'll give it a, you know, really, really listen. So that's the first thing I like to do is just get rid of all the crap so that I can focus on what I need to focus on.
4: That's a, that's a very interesting strategy. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually have a question, too. Uh, this is another just, like, yeah. the minutia of work type question uh what percentage of time spent at your job is spent finding new bands and what percentage is spent dealing with the bands you've already signed and which do you prefer
10: um you know that's always a struggle because for me what i prefer absolutely is discovering bands like the the ideal that's the greatest joy in the world is to discover some band that no one's ever heard of and see this band go on to success. There's no greater reward in the business. So the discovery part's the most exciting for me. And then what happens is once you start having a roster of artists, you know, I'm working with like 15 or 20 different bands right now, and those bands are very time-consuming. So you wind up actually spending most of your time a and Ring and making, helping, you know, the bands that you have signed to the label Making Records. So as you go on, it becomes harder and harder to do the discovery part. And cause you're just spending more and more time on the bands you have. But I really enjoy the discovery part. Um, you know, for me, what would be a dream job is if I was able to simply discover bands and get them signed to the label and then hand them off, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. if I had a guy like me who I could hand them off to, to make the records, then I could just spend, you know, the 24 hours a day on the discovery, which is really the fun part.
4: Well,
6: um, technology But it doesn't
10: work is... that way You gotta, you know, when you yeah. sign a band You gotta see it through That's just the way it is
4: Okay, and one follow up on the whole discovering bands thing Since you've basically been in this Like, almost from the inception to now And you've seen technology change the music industry In so many different ways Is it, how much harder is it now To really discover something Now that everything is like Instantly online and accessible to Anyone and everyone
10: Is it harder? Well, it's actually It is harder because in the old days, right, bands had to go in the studio and record real demos. It wasn't possible for bands to make homemade demos that sounded good. So if a band decided they wanted to submit something to me at Roadrunner, they would have had to go into a studio and record a real demo and then you know, put it on cassette or press it onto a CD, put a promo package together, mail it. You know, there's a lot of effort involved Mm -hmm. in that. Nowadays, any band, you know, you could be one guy in a band could sit there and do like a one-man band if need be on his computer and get decent quality and send it to me with the click of an email. So it becomes so much, you know, the point of entry to just for a band to to do this is so much easier. So therefore, I'm actually bombarded with more music than I've ever had before. So it's more, it's kind of like trying to find a needle in a haystack Mm -hmm. now because you're just, because it's so easy to get demos to label people. And in addition... Back in the old days, bands had to be good. Like, they had to actually be able to play their instruments. Now they can fake it. They could program their drums. They could auto-tune their vocals. And you know what? Bands that are in their bedrooms doing this are getting signed before playing a single gig because there's more labels than ever hungry to sign up anything. So I'll give you a perfect example. When I signed Slipknot, I actually had been speaking to Slipknot for nine months before I signed them. What happened was they were sending me demos and this is even before Corey Taylor was in the band when they had their old singer Anders. They were sending me demos and I would, you know, was interested and I was just waiting to hear the magic. And I didn't like the first few slipknot demos and then they got Corey Taylor in the band and the demos started getting better, of course, because Corey's amazing. And but he you know, I even got a demo with Corey with two songs that I still passed on and I said, you know what, this isn't good enough yet, keep going. And finally they did a demo with the song Spit It Out. And the the modern Slipknot that we know and love today was born with that demo of Spit It Out, which is actually the version on the first record. It's the demo. And that was a perfect example of me basically watching something develop and giving it the space to develop and waiting for it to be ready. That would never happen now. Now you'd get a band like Slipknot, they get signed before they even left their bedroom because everybody's just, you know, there's so much competition. There's so many labels that labels are signing bands before they're developed because if they wait, they're going to lose it.
5: Yeah, Because in essence, yeah, labels no are time. willing to
10: sign it before it's developed. So it's way, way harder than it used to be. It really is. Harder to find like good bands and harder to give them the space to develop and be ready.
1: Very interesting. Lots wow. of great insight. Thank you, Monty, yeah. so much. For, uh, I feel like no we, problem, huh? we could have spent another hour talking. Yeah, about we could it.
3: probably just <laughs> talk to you for another s- couple of hours. At some point, we're going to need to get him back
4: on the line and do a Thrash it or trash it. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, he's the ultimate authority. Yeah, like, yeah. That's who better? True. We
1: do a segment on, on the show called Thrasher or trash Trasher, or, which is essentially what you do uh, at your A and R process. <laughs> which is we will listen to a song for a minute. And decide
10: if we yeah. like it, like if we thrash it or we trash with, it
3: with unsigned bands. With, yeah, and yeah We have
4: listeners submit.
10: Well, have bands. any of your have any of your smash? Well, which is wait, I guess smash it as the bands that go ahead. Thrash. any of your smash has no. gone on to got well, to get signed, uh, uh,
3: thrash and uh, we'd say we, we
1: trashed Chelsea Grin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Really bad, uh, right before they got signed and blew up. That that's like the one notable. Uh,
2: <laughs> that was mainly for the triangle, though. Yeah. It, yeah. To be fair, the,
1: it, their demos <laughs>
10: sounded a lot yeah, different.
3: Yeah, we we attribute the success to the show. Yeah, so, definitely, you know, we made that. We gave them totally. that kickstart. Anyone else? That well,
10: I'm I was never the biggest Chelsea Green fan myself, but I really did that EP evolved that I thought was great. I mean, it was very aptly named because the band really did evolve on that release. Um, I don't think the newest thing they did was quite as good as that, but um, but they definitely became a real band with that yeah. evolved yeah. EP.
3: And yeah. they have us to think.
10: Yeah, we do. that. <laughs> no, just uh, kidding.
1: What, what, what big releases do you have in the pipeline this year? Do you have anything you want to plug before we let you go? Uh,
10: let's see. Well, we have a new the new Nightwish record coming at the end of the month. Um, oh their my first gosh. record was Thor Jansen, which people are really excited about because she's an amazing singer, like super versatile. I think the best singer the band has. Uh, we have Fear Factory finishing up their new record, which is really going to turn some heads, and it feels great to be reunited and... Back in the Trenches with Dino, helping him, well, ideally helping him to make a masterpiece. That's the goal. Um, and we have a new record by Thy Art is Murder being finished up now as well. Um, one of our, you know, new baby bands that has yeah. really taken off on the first record. Uh, we have Mexican Drug Lord's Brujeria <laughs> returning for the first time, putting out a record later this year. Um, right now I'm also in the demo process with mm-hmm. Thorpe Child. I don't know if you guys remember their debut record came out about a year and a half ago, but they've got a new record that they're finishing up. Um, And God, there's at least three or four things I'm working on that are escaping me right now. Um, Definitely a lot of good stuff coming in. Sorry,
3: Sorry. an An unlikely friend of Nightwish is Richard Dawkins. He uh, tweeted an interview with uh, Tomas where he was talking about, well, it was just a a very strange interviewer, but she was basically questioning his uh, religious beliefs, but it was a very insightful interview, and it definitely, um, like, I didn't realize that, that, you know, like, what their new album would be about, and I definitely have more respect for him after seeing that.
10: <laughs> oh, Thomas tu- well, Tuomas, I guess is yeah. how you say his name. The guy's a genius. Yeah. You know, one thing I should point out as well is there are certain bands that need A&R and certain bands that don't. When you're working with a guy like Thomas from Nightwish, there's yeah. nothing to do except to email him and say, "Hey, when the record's done, send it to me." You know? <laughs> nice. Um, and just, you know, and my job, by the way, because it's, you know, it's not an ego thing with me, is that, you know, when you work with certain bands, sometimes the best thing you can do as their A&R guy is just to stay out of their way and don't fuck things up. Mm. So when you're working with a genius like Peter Steele or Thomas from Nightwish, you know, you just let them do their thing. Or Michael from Opeth. And then again, there are other bands that are young and very much need direction and need hand-holding and need your input. So the amount of A&R attention I give a band varies from tons to zero, and it just depends on who the band is and what stage you're at. I mean, my, I don't have this crazy ego where I need to put my stamp on a record. I'm perfectly willing to accept it with no involvement whatsoever if the band, you know, do it on their own. And Nightwish is the perfect example of a band that basically A&Rs themselves. Cool. Awesome,
1: Monty. Well, have a great yeah. night and a great rest of your week. Thank you again so much for hanging out with us. All right, the no podcast. problem,
10: guys. That was enjoy. Yeah, you that was too. fun. Have a, good- have a good Sunday, and
3: hopefully, <laughs> you can add us to your playlist when you're not listening to music on the weekend. At a podcast, why not?
10: Yeah, <laughs> I have to. Hey, um, Rob, send me the info because I've never actually heard the podcast.
1: Oh, absolutely. I will def- I'll send you. I'll I'm shoot sorry. you an email. All right, thank you so much, Monty Connor
5: <laughs>
4: of Nuclear Blast
1: Entertainment.
4: That's the name of his imprint. Yeah. So the rest of Nuclear Blast is admitting that they're not entertaining. Like (laughs) here's the good part: the rest of us you could ignore. Is that what? No, that's
7: not what they're saying at all. So
4: what's the rest of Nuclear Blast? Nuclear Blast Records. So are they saying records are not entertaining? I don't. They're not saying that at all. They needed a separate name
1: for but- <laughs> imprint and they didn't they wanted to keep the branding you'll have to talk to their brand Damn it, can we get it back too.
4: on the line I, no. I need answers
1: are
3: we going into a music break yeah we're gonna can go you play Ashes of Varys they're on Nuclear Blast
1: But are they on Nuclear are Blast are they entertaining?
3: entertaining oh I don't know <laughs> alright All well, well let's I,
1: kick it off with Ashes of Varys do, do they sell records
3: Um, probably <laughs> not because I didn't know that this album was out and it came out like a year ago are they
2: printed on records at least Yes Yes I'm sure Okay that's good Alright we're
1: kicking it off (laughs) Kicking it off Noah's Rock Block All of these songs picked by Noah Noah. Here's Ashes of Aries with This Is My Hell Featuring Lars Aldridge
3: (laughs) No Van Williams is the drummer
8: As I travel down this lonely road So many signs I should have seen As I've chosen never rise to meet Then I should have been As I sit here huddled in the dark sullen face tattered up blows. Thoughts of you Struggle to keep me wrong In this night so bitter cold Devil stayed dead all alone Of my sins I can't atone Self-imposed You're yeah, yeah.
0: Come back to the Metal Injection live cast. Nope. Just kidding. Bet you got excited, though. Sucker. Here's another lame song.
10: Listening to the Metal Injection Livecast.
0: This is Chuck Blandington. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. No, I'm not protesting the Eric Garner civil rights case. It's all of the very dewy roast beef farts that Sid and Darren are pumping into the studio. Enjoy some more music while I go open a window. No. boy Blandington, we're about to come back from the music break. But you can't hear me, because you put the show on mute when you found out Noah made the playlist. Hey Noah, that hot ass doesn't make up for your crappy power metal. We now return to the Metal Injection live cast. Power metal
2: was the oh. w- uh, would, was the good part oh. of that. That what was that Haken? Okay, what you guys don't band? like Hawkins, By, by Sorry. the end of the playlist, Noah was even like, "Oh, maybe this I shouldn't." I think I, p- <laughs> I think I
3: picked the wrong Haken song. Hey,
2: there is no good Hawkins. Own it, Carl. No worries. Right, you don't even listen. You don't even like Hawkins.
3: No, that's not what I said. I said uh, I, I. They're not my favorite band in the world, but I do listen to them, and they're uh, going on tour, so I thought it would be a good time. Because I like progressive, psychedelic, crazy music. There was nothing crazy, crazy, at crazy at all. It was about very that.
2: structured and boring.
3: Uncle Ganda would all rock right. that
2: shit. I'm not, like not going to argue
3: with you guys. Members only
2: jacket.
4: I, I defend your playlist
2: all the time.
1: Guys, yeah. yeah.
3: leave me like
2: alone. Your, I, I like your
3: generally efficiency.
1: works thing. in an office building with a lot of floors. She needs something to listen to while in the elevator. Yes.
2: <laughs> For some <laughs> Like I said, when the when the needle veers towards a jazz, that's when I get off the Noah bus.
4: I don't think that we was kicked it off. But, no, it the wasn't. Noah bus is that where Rob asked her out and she said no?
2: Yes, that's what that goes Cliff that, the love fell bus.
4: Out. Yeah, we should play that we'll song later. Bus. Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> I will play that at while you read the thing. <laughs> All right, we kicked it off with Ashes of Aries. Oh, give me a second, motherfucker. With... With... <laughs> oh, I thought you were
1: saying read it's it be while, your music while you Just, Go ahead, good. Ahead. Read Ashes go ahead. of Aries with This Is My Hell. And for
3: anyone who cares about what Matt Bar- uh, Matt Barlow has been doing. Go to Barlow. Spell it. Whatever. Tomato, tomato. B-A-R-L-O-W. Barlow. Um, who is that? He was the singer of Iced Earth. Is he, it, it, Does Iced Earth
4: not exist anymore or have a different singer? They have a different singer. Who's, who's uh, that?
3: They kind of don't exist anymore.
1: No. Some schmuck.
4: <laughs>
1: then uh, we had Tesseract with Of Matter Proxy. Followed by Blind Guardian with the Journey Through the Dark.
4: Is it weird that every time I hear the name Iced Earth, I think of the earth covered in icing and I want it, it like like oh, cake you, icing? Like a delicious like, earth? That's a much tastier earth than the one we have. <laughs> <laughs> we have that. Did you lean in
3: to kiss you? Not, No, it was the, no. the most pathetic. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love uh, it. Like, so I really like you. Do so you want to go out or like something like
11: that? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. And your response was, Look, it's light. help us depress without it. I'll have <laughs> Overgrown garden hose. Hey, Rob Do you like music? You're trying to be funny it's like your comics on static Greatest that you've ever been Was on your live journal Typing with your cock Google Noah, anal I hope you like squirters But I know that she would fake it Shower you with gold And maybe spit into a cup Cause apparently that's what you on. I think that's kind of weird Still better than the time Pumpkin blanket with a beard Right? Tell me when you funny Got this inside of your wrist Ravujanina I get that sugar with my rumble <laughs> it all still works. And do Say the lover. This oh, man will have that a grown man. needs the rest
2: is not about you. So. Oh, okay. it's about my circumcision and Sid uh, just being an angry crankle. Yeah,
11: see, it's all stuff that still holds up. Yes,
2: and there's no Sean part, so it's irrelevant. And you're still circumcised, so yes. that's true. Is that true? I would love to not be <laughs> circumcised again, but that's impossible. Can you get, mean. like, an implant? Yeah, well, well... I wonder if they make, like, toys. Like, I don't want a toy. Uh, if there was some medical way to regrow my foreskin, I would... If they
4: good. could take skin from some other part of your body and sew it onto the tip of your dick, where would you prefer to take that. Skin?
2: No, I wouldn't <laughs> want that, because I want the regular skin I'm supposed to have in addition to a foreskin.
4: Do you have low-hanging balls, or it's, like, tight and high? Um,
2: it depends on the humidity, actually. Like, it varies greatly. Greatly, so can we
4: get some ball meat and
2: just, like snip that yeah. off? and you still have like balls left. That they get really tight when it when it's like very humid. So I feel like so you don't like, have the uh, ball meat to spare. I I would be afraid of that. I don't exact know for meat, a fact. But yeah. no, no, I don't want to mess around with the balls. Um, butt cheek meat. I don't want to hack any hacking anything off of my... It not be that
3: much. What if it was a cadaver? Like if it listen, was cadaver skin? Oh. Nature, they use that as like lip fillers and face fillers.
2: Nature determined that I needed to be circumcised. I didn't want to, but I had to. So that, let's go with that. Skin?
3: What if he can get black skin?
2: What does that mean? I, I don't know. Like are my cock's going so to like get bigger? His cock will look
4: like, Neapolitan be like ice a Neapolitan yeah. It'll just
2: be like a regular average Jew cock with a black skin. Yeah. It'll be very confusing.
4: <laughs>
3: It'd be interesting though. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a medical an- anomaly. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. Well, I'll pass.
1: Cookies I, like cream.
2: My, I like my cock the way
3: to... All right, you fair enough. The of
6: cream. Oh.
1: There was a survey recently about the uh, average penis size. Who was uh-huh. surveyed? An international study of 15,000 penises. Mmm.
4: <laughs> A.K.A. Rob's thesis paper in college. Ah. You didn't do a thesis. It was actually this no. guy. More, I am
2: delivered. Yeah, he surveyed fifteen thousand. <laughs> yeah, after
4: years. surveying fifteen thousand cocks, you, even if you like them, you're probably like, all right, enough. It's like <laughs> it's like uh, Monty Connor with the bands. I've heard enough.
2: Yeah, what about I a, love
4: metal, but in fifteen thousand bands, it's I'm good.
2: But what about Walt Chamberlain? He he never stopped liking pussy. He had. I, I'm sure he lied about those numbers. Really? I think so. Women, women,
6: women, women! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: or like uh,
1: Lemmy uh, basically had. Uh, he also said he had sex like a thousand or something like
4: that. Well, a we'll tell had like, what, 10,000? 10, Ten, over oh, 10,000. Oh, over 10,000. Oh, well, how, even...
6: how many
2: years? It, well, in his life. So he was already like 55, 60 when he said that. Oh, yeah. man. So that's, you know, if you say three women a day, that's about uh, like a thousand Hold on. In a year. I
4: bet he that... meant 10,000
3: times.
2: Ten t- thousand times. No, he said.
3: Same woman. He, was he very specific. Different women.
2: He was very specific. Ten thousand different Jeez. women. The, the math is. Can
3: you imagine, like, how much semen has come out of that guy? Uh, all of a of guy. whole like Probably has, garbage he has giant
4: balls. He's I mean, now.
1: had had giant balls. But,
4: but like, uh, when did he have time to practice basketball? Exactly. Like, he was really good at basketball. Maybe how much better would he? Yeah, have well, been? No, well, right. He points. Look, you, could, you could have
1: six, theoretically three times in one night. Right. With different women. With though. different women.
2: Sure. Yeah, that's what he had to be doing yeah, because he was. He couldn't even be doing. When was he looking at games, It would film. take ten years to get to or ten thousand. Or three at night. Oh have, 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 have one in the morning. Awake, awaken, bang. Uh huh. And then two at night. But listen, listen. Here's the hard part about it. Let's say. Well, 10, we know what the hard part about it is. <laughs> Am I right,
3: guys? Am I right? Can I get a high five? Yeah, great joke.
2: Okay. Yeah. Good. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> it's the penis
3: is a rex. All right,
1: all right.
2: All right. Let's move that's on. a drop. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, Ten thousand divided by three, right, is roughly like in the three thousands. Yes. So, all right, you have to bang three women a night every single night, or average three a night for a for a year, one year,
3: uh-huh. to
2: get to one thousand.
3: Oh my gosh! Over
2: that's a little true. over a thousand. So then you have to average that same... Three women every single night. Like you can't have an off day. You know, yeah, years. <laughs> or you, if you miss one, you have to have sex with six women the next yeah, day.
1: exactly.
6: For that's, ten years. Yeah, you yeah, made that up. Well, so, I so don't, hold on. Right. So, so he's all right. right so, so he's fifty.
1: So yeah, so if it stretch over forty years.
6: Yeah, let's not say for,
2: thirty-five years.
1: But it's like many And so then if you nines, have an orgy though. like a, like a, a gang bang, but these all have to be
2: different women. Okay? But if there's Do you a gangbang
4: with twenty women and each one rides rides, there was also rumors that he was gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this might have just been like a big oh, like see. cover story. I just story. think he was like yeah. a big. Pimp
2: in the '70s. He never got married.
4: He was a confirmed bachelor his whole life. I'm pretty sure. I, th- I feel like a lot of straight
2: dudes just, you know, sucked a little cock back then. Yeah. It wasn't
4: a stigma that
2: it is now. If that's the only surface you could do the coke off of, then what are you not going to do the coke? You <laughs> really think there weren't any other surfaces Who in knows? the house? I don't know. Were they living like in just fucking bare apartments? All the
1: mirrors are broken. What
4: are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he dunked on uh, all of the uh, backboards, so those surfaces <laughs> are not. He broke the backboard.
2: Like, hey man, I just moved into this crib, and there's like no. Furniture here yet But we got lots of coke
1: yeah. Lots of coke Here's my cock Lots of coke Lots of cock That's
4: yeah. what it is
2: <laughs> The story of Walt Chamberlain So
1: If you I
4: gotta got do no You gotta do a line off Of Wes Unseld's dick uh, Then you do a line off Of Wes Unseld's dick Who? Who's that? You, you, what's, what? She does doesn't even know, know Who Walt Chamberlain is He played for the Washington Bullets uh-huh. He's very good at outlet passes I believe he won Rookie of the year And MVP in the same season
2: <laughs> And I'm did coke him. off Of Walt Chamberlain's cock. Probably
3: I can't believe how much you
4: know about sports. I
2: know,
3: quite a lot. <laughs> Even though which we guys are, are doing co-co. <laughs>
4: yeah. I know... Only things about things that don't matter. On Friday, me and my wife had dinner with uh, a couple of her friends, and we played some really, really. We went to this place that has like just like board games uh-huh. that you could play while you're eating. So we played some stupid game called Battle of the Sexes, and it was all like man-focused trivia questions that the men ask the women and vice versa. But it was ridiculous and stupid, and none of the uh-huh. trivia questions really applied to any gender. But anyways. One of the questions was about the only. We'll see if anybody here knows this. Darren, you might. I don't think either. I'll go last then. Advice columnists who are also sisters. I know this.
1: Noah? Oh, yeah. Uh, Dear Abby and. Dr. Laura.
4: No. What?
2: Dear Abby and. Got one. Ah. Dear Abby and Ann Landers.
4: Exactly. And I got that question right. And <laughs> my wife and her female coworkers just both looked at me like, why the fuck do you know that?
2: You Is and I, you user? more I just, than me, but you and I both have a great retention for useless yeah. fucking knowledge. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah I kind of knew it. I'm, I'm uh, old But you are
4: were halfway still, there. We're yeah, there, there actually I actually got, got, yeah. mm-hmm. got Ann Landers first. I had to rack my brain for Dear Abby. Mm-hmm. You ah. were the other way. But yeah.
2: Yeah, they are oh. sisters, twin sisters.
4: That actually. I did not know. Yeah,
2: identical twins, and really old. They're like, five. are they still alive? Ah,
4: uh, I don't know.
2: But anyway, so what yeah.
1: I was saying was that uh, this survey, the average penis size, according to the survey,
12: is
1: uh, five point sixteen inches uh, when erect, and four point six inches girth. That's average. That's average based on. 15,000 penises from around the world with the asterisk that they believe that when this survey was announced, they felt that men with more erect, with larger penises while erect would be more likely to submit themselves for the survey out of uh-huh. Uh, you know, lack of embarrassment, right, or, or or what have you.
2: So then they're admitting that this means nothing. No, it's a self-selecting sample, and you can yeah. adjust yeah. downward. It's not,
1: yeah, but right. so yeah, whatever. Average penis, five
2: inches.
3: When they say girth, does that mean like, like this wide
2: around, around, around the penis, the the distance around in a circle? Oh, so they okay. Uh, Lars Ulrich Goldridge was very happy about this. Uh, this news. Oh, does he have uh, a thick, a thick wang? No, he has a tiny penis, according to that picture. That oh,
1: I thought it was like maybe he's a grower. Uh, yeah, I thought it was just an average. All right,
2: he may be a grower, but that picture was not flattering. In the so flaccid state, this article states that the average man. Which state is that? Is that Jersey? <laughs> the Flaccid
1: state. <laughs> yeah. That's the state. The uh, <laughs> state of New By Jersey. By the way, that's the, the
4: episode average. title.
6: Flaccid state. Rob, you keep fucking. <laughs> 3.6 3.
1: inches uh, is the length mm-hmm. and 3.7 inches is the girth so most penises are growers yeah, I, read, what does a,
2: that mean, I grower? read a different, uh, a different it study it means that your dick gets bigger when it's a wreck I read a different yeah. study that says that the uh, average uh, flaccid penis is a little mushroom cap, is that true? <laughs> uh,
1: well the opposite would be a shower in that the dick doesn't grow in size it just like, it, as opposed to being
3: a yeah.
2: It uh, pitches a tent. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What size would a Nullo be? If you would you like do they
3: <laughs> like minus zero? What
2: if they like what if two hundred of them showed up at one of these surveys just yeah. to skew the and data? Just
1: spread just it I don't think they'd be eligible because they're self self mutilators. No, well, they but, could
2: be trolls. You know.
1: No, like if what do.
3: if it was a prank and they just all got together and that's what they do? <laughs> well, but weird. there's nothing uh, to measure.
2: Yeah. Our data says that the average male penis size is a negative two. I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: I don't understand. And all our rulers smell really bad now.
2: Because <laughs> uh, uh, of that uh, hole, like it, it starts stinking. I'm I sure it doesn't smell good if you yeah.
4: stick a ruler in there. That smell <laughs> that end <laughs> of the
3: ruler. Oh God, I'm imagining uh, it. Why would they have to
4: stick <laughs> the ruler inside the well, ruler? How else do you know it's negative two inches? You got to. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you
3: have to measure inside. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Uh. They're probably into that though. Yeah, the Um, ruler goes right in there. We
2: discovered two things from this survey, gentlemen. uh, The average penis size is negative two (laughs) inches, and uh, there's a lot of corn in this (laughs) man's digestive
5: system. Oh!
1: How did it get that that way?
6: Uh, Low-hanging intestines? uh,
2: Uh, Juan Bergas Bergas in the chat, by the (laughs) way, which means John Dix
6: in Spanish,
2: (laughs) says the average Mexican Berga is seven inches. Really? <laughs> right? I don't believe that because that's like their average height.
6: Yeah. <laughs> their leg legs that long. Oh.
2: Good lord. Um, oh. All right. Josh from Wales says, "I just ate and I feel like throwing up." Sorry, Josh. <laughs> I believe it. I brought well, that's it up because he's time. eating British food. That would happen no, regardless of corn. what they're eating. Corn. He's eating corn on a cob. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: um,
2: yeah. Nello. Nello's bringing Nello's back. <laughs>
11: It's the new Justin Timberlake album. I'm not going to sell any back. Back. <laughs> Oh
2: You guys with penis don't know how to act. <laughs> <laughs> the new trend. Speaking of uh, uh,
1: Nullos, let's talk about this amazing bar mitzvah video. Oh, what God. does that have to do with
2: Nullos? <laughs> Once the child you has the, no the penis?
1: penis? Once you hear this singing. <laughs> uh, so, we've played some wonderful Jewish music in the past. Yes. And this is not one of them. Can, can I just, just
2: say you, you posted this on your Facebook uh wall and every response was oh how great this is. I think this was f-. like not just forget the performance. I mean, obviously he's a little kid, he's not talented. It's a joke. I will say like uh perf- like quality of the the just
1: well music done. aside, yes, I... it was well done, and I have well, to. Well, because hand... he
3: hired a professional videographer for Yeah, that's a part it of also... what's wrong no, with no, no.
1: Well, what I, I have to hand it to the kid, he sold it. He did, he did, he has yes. no
2: shame. Well, he clearly, I I feel like this is a very very rare case of the child wanting to participate. He looks like, like a drama fool. He of absolutely
1: yes. wants to participate. Yes. and he will look back at this
2: ten years from now with the largest squint and being so. Pissed at his parents. I don't agree. I was going to get at something related to that, which I, you're making a good point, but okay. I don't agree about him. I think he's like going to be a drama major. He's Absolutely. going to look at this and say how clever Wonderful. and cool And clearly it was. he
4: has parents who say yes to every fucking yeah, yeah. thing he Very asks support. for, so he's not going to be mad at them because they're going to buy him a car.
2: That's what I was going to get at, which is I fear that, although this kid probably loved doing this, there's now a trend where rich people... Mm-hmm. a lot of money and they go, my son's had a bar mitzvah and we have to compete with the next kid's bar mitzvah yeah. and oh, we're going to yeah, make a fucking... yeah, that's been going on for years. So, so yeah, that that bar so 16. terrible. Just stop embarrassing. They Most of them so don't much, want to do this.
3: And they have so much money that... Most yeah. of these fucking kids don't want to even
2: have a bar mitzvah. You they know what? what? Because your fucking want parents to, are telling
1: them to fucking do it. I want to congratulate all the budding videographers and... Who will make and money off of these ...that are at least earning a living No, I don't. dumb
4: parents. I don't oh, want to fuck you're them.
2: Dream. Why?
4: That's the dream?
2: B- yeah. The bar mitzvah industry? Yeah. Fuck that, dude. Start Contributing it. to the torture of young children. I
1: know what, what I'm going to do once metal injection it blows over. I'm not. I would never Bob's take bar, bar mitzvah kids. video. <laughs> Bobby's bar mitzvah video. Is a you could do that now.
7: Uh, I don't know that much time. Bobby the is your Jewish you name. Uh, I yeah. like
1: to practice the shop
3: on the
2: weekends. If you're a parent, that's you're
1: Jewish.
3: Isn't that, I mean, that's like the problem so with religion. That, right? Like if when when you boil it down, that's like all religions.
2: All this, is, this isn't exclusive to religion. This just. is it, well, this is a big part of religion is that you force but your like my stupid super beliefs sweet on your own
4: on kid. MTV. I don't know if that's still a show, but it's mm. the same exact yeah. Thing. It's always and like, that's not a religion. That's just
2: but this is what religions do in general is that right. they make their children participate and in like, stupid shit things. that they most w- girls want to have at the sweet sixteen party. Mm-hmm. Most. I guarantee you, most kids do not want to have a fucking bar mitzvah. I sure Well, they, they want it. the
4: money and the attention. They,
2: they just want to have three drinks.
3: I feel like that's a... a they're not old enough to think about what they're actually doing. Like, it's not just like a celebration and a party, but, like, you know, the whole religious aspect to it and just being drilled into their head. Like, they don't yeah. have a choice. It's terrible. They wanted me to have bar mitzvah. I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, and
4: they're like, but, but you'll be able I to invite so many more people, and they'll be obligated to give you even more money than if you just had a regular party. I'm like, right. it's not worth it. I don't yeah. want to have to learn some net language. I don't give a fucking read it in front of people that I don't care about. Fuck well, that. I did you actually
2: could... not have to learn squat. I didn't learn any Hebrew at all, and I read everything phonetically. Like I had this awesome uh, guy that was like a rabbi, but he's like, here, here's a tape. He just recorded <laughs> my thing. <laughs> He's a rebel How long rabbi. was it? Uh, that's a rather personal question. <laughs> <laughs> was it at
3: least uh, average size?
2: for a Jew. Well, this was before the circumcision, so he was doing a, good. A regular person, average for a Jew, <laughs> probably above average. Uh, no, he. I mean, he just recorded my thing on a tape, and his, him doing it said, "Hey, take the tape, home, listen to it." <laughs>
4: And but had, how was it? Like two minutes worth of talking. No, minutes, it's like, like six minutes. Oh,
2: geez, say, probably around
4: there. Really? I had
2: and I had that's one of the long. shortest ta- shortest half torah <laughs> has been pulled for you. <laughs> I had one of the shortest half torahs, <laughs> uh, which is a part like there's a part of the of what you read that's the same to everybody, mm-hmm. and then there's a, a subsection that's different based on when you what Jewish month you were born in.
4: So um, mine
2: was the shortest.
4: You were born in the month of Horshak? Yes. Hors-
2: <laughs> Horshak. Mr. Carter, I'd like to read my Haftora now. No, I uh, I had the shortest one because the positioning of my birthday or whatever. And that made it the shortest, and it was still like six minutes long. So.
4: Yeah, there was no way I was doing that.
2: And did I mention there was another kid that I did my—I I was double booked.
3: What? No, you've never mentioned that.
2: Yes, I was double booked in my shul to do my bar mitzvah. Of so course like,
3: they would double book. It was like
2: of half. course. Half my half my family and half his family at, at the same time, and they both had to sit through two fucking bar mitzvahs. That sucks. Uh, and this kid uh, was, it like, I found out later. I know this at the time. I didn't never met him before. But he was, like, a serious, like, his parents are orthodox. And he read the whole, to- like, he learned Hebrew. And I went first. And I fucking smashed it. I was, like, the <laughs> other family was, like, oh, maning and shit. <laughs> and they were, they were uh, dovening
6: for
4: you. Oh,
2: and, it, and people were coming up to my mother. And, oh, he was so good. Good!
4: Where did he study? Bless him. Bless uh, him. Do you have any oh, pictures oh. from your bar mitzvah?
2: I have a couple, yeah. We need to get these and I, scan them. But, in yeah, they have to be scanned. Them. I don't have them this, uh, digitally. This needs to happen. I can. But it. wait, you I didn't take take that's th- not the end of the story. Of
5: the
2: so okay. I, I fucking... Uh, so, alright, I smash it, you know, then it's like a little brief break, right? We go back. I gotta sit there to listening to this schmuck now, <laughs> and he fucking like blew it. Like he was stuttering. He looked he like he wanted. To... Basically, you was you it would Shlo-mo? I wouldn't know. He's <laughs> significantly younger than I am, but as he... far as he's told us, we don't know for but sure. mo
3: dad maybe. No, yeah. he
2: he just like failed, complete crash and burn, and didn't have them the, the, the people. It at all, was like his
3: family throwing stones at him? I,
2: you know, I didn't see any stones <laughs> thrown, but it was like a, I felt so bad for this kid because I did nothing towards this <laughs> at all. I memorized six minutes of like phonetic speech and recited it, and he just like studied probably for ten years to do this shit.
3: I wonder and, if he ever like walks on the street and has like PTSD from that. Where well, you,
4: like, is that guy behind the counter at J Two Pizza that's always crying? He's yeah. not serving up slices. <laughs> or B and H.
2: Everyone, that works at the J Two P- Pizza is not Jewish, except like the boss. They True. have yeah. all Mexican yeah. There. But the B and H is, by the way, Factory. people don't know it's in New York, but it's a fucking like a camera store where only religious Yids work yeah. there.
3: If you're ever visiting New York City, it's definitely a place you should go to, especially <laughs> with all this knowledge that we've yeah. passed down to you. It's weird.
2: <laughs> it's interesting. Uh so yeah, let's play this uh Oh yeah. Let's play this He play sort
4: of looks football. like Andy Milanakis, right? Yeah. yeah.
9: A bit. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say. Uh-huh. The countdown's
6: begun the my miss for day. Is he missing teeth?
1: He, he will be after I
6: hard get a hold hard with my head <laughs> in
1: My favorite thing is they got like his brothers and sisters to do it. And one of his brothers does not. It has to be able-
4: on purpose, though, because they wouldn't have left that in. I
2: they, don't like, know. they make a he point
4: just, to show that. He just... He just
2: participate.
9: Hands in the air, like I don't care, just want to party.
2: Party. I'm
9: How many times do you think
2: down, they had to do, do that line, party? Uh, this all sounds like one, one thing. It. I don't think so. I hear layering in there.
6: You're no longer are you. Cause I'm <laughs> if
2: <you> just try <laughs> if I feel like I love the backing vocal. I, never, I didn't hear that initially. I can see the parents in there like cracking whip whip. You gotta get this right. What are the Hoffmans gonna think? <laughs> yeah, that's true. All of me would
4: love. Me that is John Legend. Though so really, it's not much worse than John
6: Legend. <my>
4: And also, John Legend looks like he's about thirteen
2: as well.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Multiple levels, this works.
2: John Legend is so shitty. I'm sorry, I don't know how that became. I I his name? You. He gave himself a cool name. Is that a cool name? That reminds me, like that's a trend, you know? Like, like for example, another example is Trey Songs. Mm-hmm. which is the with like, a Z. How the Z is bad enough, but just the naming is so like you're a musician and you know it's like if i if a writer and i go Darren Books yeah. is my name, yeah. my novelist name. What is that?
6: <laughs> yeah. And,
2: but that's one thing, but then you, you leave me he bypassed singing, now he's a legend. He became a yeah. legend yeah.
4: before he even fucking put an album out. Yeah. John legend. And then the Grammys just rolled right in, oh, in date, dating a model.
2: Model. Just I guess you just got to call yourself a fucking legend. Yeah, fake it till you make I'm it. I'm going to be uh change my name to Rob Podcast. That's Yes, I like it. With a Z at
4: the end, though. Rob podcast. Rob, Rob, Rob follow-ups. Cast Bonnie.
6: <laughs>
4: it's got to be an aspirational name. You already yeah. do podcasts. Rob mm-hmm.
1: TV personality. Me, you
4: know. Soulinjection.tv?
11: <laughs> uh-huh. So What? <laughs> Why? Why are you shaking your head? It wasn't even Turn that insulting.
6: i in like my doggie. Cost my Do we are we gonna go through
11: the whole thing? Don't we thing?
6: Yeah. have like
4: voicemails and drops to play? He calls? Is so, anything he calls? is good. Like punishment, yeah. Josh Voice said he was Hi. calling in. Oh, the show's oh. over. No. oh Josh, oh we have two calls. Yeah.
2: See, what see? are you doing, what man? this happen?
4: Can we even take calls in
2: Two one
12: four. Should
6: Oh, two on
2: four, hung up. Alright, now we just got Josh.
1: Oh,
12: Josh. Hey guys. Hey. Hi. Hello.
3: Josh, is that um, um, yeah, worse uh, yeah, uh, or better than my music break?
12: Uh, that was uh, definitely worse because you threw t- tesseract in there. So <laughs> yeah,
5: uh, uh,
12: yeah. Um, the first thing I wanted to say was thank you for making me feel sick after I ate a sandwich.
6: <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> uh,
12: About the null thing. The second thing was, yeah, the nullo thing. Um, the second was, I actually have a funny story from work this week. Uh, I've been waiting. Around six weeks for something to happen, and it finally happened. Oh, yeah, so, you're in like a uh, grocery store, like a bodega
2: type place. Is it Tesco's? Yes, yeah, yeah pretty it much.
4: Tesco's?
12: No, it's not a Tesco's, unfortunately. I'd love to live closer to a Tesco's.
4: What is it? What's the name of the place? People could shout you out and uh, what it's else? Called,
12: it's basically called Premier. Okay. So basically just a regular convenience store Okay. Uh, so the story was um, i go into work on tuesday just hang up my coat and whatnot get told what to do uh, what i'm going to be doing for the rest of the day uh, my first task was to restock the drinks so i go upstairs for about 10 minutes grab everything i need come down and there is a guy pissing in the freezer
5: <laughs> just a drunk
12: guy <laughs> just a drunk guy with his dick in his hand pissing in the freezer what time was this? this was around uh, half nine in the morning
4: oh my god so he, wow. he had clearly yeah. had all night and this was like the tail
3: end oh.
12: mm. can yeah. you
3: imagine if, if uh, like if his skin got caught on like an ice cream box you know how like like <laughs> <laughs> I, I
6: haven't
12: told any I haven't told anybody about this uh, except for like my family and the other members of staff because I wanted to you know keep it as a so what as an you, exclusive.
6: Yeah. <laughs> well, <throw out laughs> the first. The feed on?
12: I I ran to my manager as fast as I could. And he threw him the fuck out, and he's he's never allowed back in. We have a picture oh, of him. Uh,
6: we have a picture, have picture of him the on.
12: Oh or... <laughs> <Pick laughs> No, we we uh, we scanned that out of the CCTV. So.
2: <laughs> Was he a shower or
12: um, <laughs> it, it wasn't the most flattering of penises.
4: Tell no. no, this: Did he just have like the freezer door open and he was standing in the aisle peeing in, or was he all the way in the freezer? <laughs> well,
12: maybe that's the was, um, ladder. A midway, oh. it was a good midway.
1: <laughs> he was half one foot in the door.
12: <laughs> he was leaning weapons. over. He was leaning
6: that's
2: over. How, but, that's how Mom got one foot in the door. <laughs> the door <or> <laughs> get in the freezer. <laughs>
4: So what products were did, were was it like an empty part of the freezer? or Was there actually products in there that he was peeing on?
12: There was products on there, but they were like in plastic tubs. It was the it was the ice cream section, oh, so no. they were just we just uh, clean we just cleaned them off. We cleaned them off and put them in the upstairs freezer.
2: Oh,
6: no, we we know.
12: waited for a while. Okay.
6: Oh, my God. Wow, what an Maybe,
11: <laughs> maybe you shouldn't have said the name of the grocery store. There might be a health
4: code violation. <laughs> <It> there might be. <laughs> well, I don't know how <laughs> stuff
2: Pissing on the ice cream. Wait. It's my favorite. Yeah,
12: but we clean them off and whatnot. So,
2: no amount of cleaning. Yeah, just throw it out. Send the guy a oh, pill. So, did anyone say anything to him, or did he just stop? Um, well,
12: he got
3: thrown out. Well, well,
12: got the th- boss. Yeah, yeah, you... the boss threw him out. He got
4: thrown out, yeah. or was he still <laughs> down the aisle and dragged out of the Yeah,
12: was you. You gotta wait. No, we, 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 had, we had waited until he stopped uh, the he flow. He was so respectful
2: you was looking at him pop a squat and
12: fucking
4: prototype <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> warmer climates for that.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Holy counter.
3: Maybe he did. I mean, did you guys walk around inspecting the shelves to see if he yeah. put anything else in there?
12: Yeah, yeah, we had we had checked everywhere else. Did he have a like a shopping film. cart
4: Did he have a shopping cart full of stuff that he was planning on purchasing or did he just come in to piss and then leave?
12: He had a four pack of he had he had a four pack of beer right down by the side of him. So. With it.
6: <laughs>
12: <Yeah>. Jesus.
4: Uh, <laughs> that actually segues perfectly into our uh question of the week, right? From last week.
12: Oh uh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, true. That's, that's what I was understanding. This this was my sort of story for that.
6: Wow. Thank you. So, yeah, great story.
12: No, no problem.
1: All right, so what was our question of the week, Sid? Uh, what well, was it? Public yeah.
3: moment of embarrassing. Yeah, what, is,
1: what is your story about public, public defecation?
3: Yeah. Well, it could be urination, defecation, any type School of body. potty in the public. <laughs> public parties.
1: Uh, So we got a few responses to this. Start with Ed Stretch. <laughs> Well, or should we each tell our own? Or, or I listen? feel
4: like I've told all of mine already,
9: probably. <laughs> yeah. but let's, let's Here's that right. Man, first off, I gotta say, what kind of fucking questions are these? Anyway. <laughs> I'll answer it anyway.
1: Oops. Clicked off.
9: Hold on, uh-huh. let's start that over. Man, I gotta say, what kind of fucking questions are these? How drunk is he? Anyways, tell us about the most or best embarrassing public defecation. <laughs> I don't know if you want to call this, this public, yeah. but you know, we were like chilling out. Me and a, I don't know, a group of 10 people were all fucked up on shrooms. I had to take a shit. So I went you know, to the bathroom to take a shit. And the went at the shakes house, she has this like carpet it's like crazy colors and like the rug was like pushed open by the door so it didn't lay flat a wave sitting there fucking staring at the rug and I'm you know tripping on shrooms and I'm fucking like tripping out and I'm like getting closer and closer and closer and I fall off the toilet I don't realize I fell <laughs> off the toilet and I pretty much all over myself and all over the floor And people come in because I was like in there for like two hours, and I said the first thing I said to open the door was, "Dude, look at this rug. It's so fucking trippy." Yeah, I had shit all over the place. Yeah, that's my story. That stretched out.
4: I love the fact that his friends waited for two
3: hours before checking on him. Yeah, Yeah, while they were busy.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I guess they were all. And also, when you're on
3: drugs, I'm sure that you have no. Time Understanding donation. of
2: time. Yeah. yeah. He, they were all so busy pissing in the ice cream yeah. the freezer. I told my a, a Tad steak yes. story. So I think I we know. all have, right? Rob, do you <laughs> even have one? Uh, uh. I mean, I guess like I pee in public all the time. He has like a bunch of stories about fluids, though. So that's kind of yeah. not shitting. Uh, I just remember the one time I've ever shit my pants.
1: I was like, I was very young. I want to say like eight to ten years old, and I was out running errands with my mother and my sister, and I remember just it would take take so long. I kept going to my mom. It was a
4: sign of protest.
1: I was just like, Mom, I really have to go home (laughs) and and shit. And my mom was just not like, No, no. Soviet
3: Russia, we never had toilets. And I'm just. Am I going to shit my pants like
1: this? Like, I really cannot hold... Like, I tried. I held it in for, for a
4: while. Was she apologetic after it happened? Or did she get mad at you? Like, why did you do that? Uh it
1: was her fault that this happened. It was more like... It was like she rolled her eyes. Like, oh, she really she, she fucking just, Like, oh, my God. I'm supportive mama. Uh, and I just... I remember when I shit my pants, like... The mom...
4: F- <laughs>
6: Mama, Papa! Mama, Papa!
4: It, Papa, be, Papa, Papa, Papa. it be, Rob-a-Papa? I wondered, your mom caused it. I wanted to work her into some cause. Yeah, she did.
1: She, she just didn't believe me. <laughs> she cut him the food <laughs> also you, that made it. Have you lied
4: in. about she needing to use the bathroom no, before? I know. The, the details are sketchy. But all I victim. is here. that
1: after I shit my pants, I was like, like I looked down like there was no... I, I, I feel like I was wearing shorts. Oh, like this was summer weather. Uh... Yeah, and like I remember you know, falling and I'm like, down your like, Oh no, I was like, Oh, nothing's falling down Oh, I guess it's all just in my
2: underwear. <laughs> it's a shark.
1: And then I remember walking around
2: and like, Oh, it's just a little padding for, for my you, the, said, you started thinking, this is easy. I don't have to go to the bad. bathroom anymore.
1: Yeah, I was like, oh, baby, it's not that big of a deal to <laughs> shit your bed. But then I, I feel like once I got home, it saw the damage. It was like smeared all over
4: your ass. Uh, you just
2: got to, you know, throw, those under, throw all those clothes away. That's yeah. where the word smear off
4: comes from. Oh. <laughs> Yucky, no, when was the last time you shit yourself in public or in general?
3: Um, I don't think I ever shit myself in public. Peed yourself. Um, I never pee myself either, but... You came
4: up with this fucking question. You don't even have an
3: answer. Well, no, it was... Okay, no, no, I have an embarrassing thing, but it was my period. Okay. Uh (laughs) That works. Um, So I was was working at, like, this furniture store. Oh, no. So... (laughs) And I guess I didn't know that I was going to get my period, and it, like, just... It was just, like, I didn't know that it was happening, and I hadn't gone to the bathroom for a long time, so I guess, like, throughout the day... uh, your supervisor
4: was Rob's mom, and she just wouldn't let you take a <laughs> bathroom break.
3: It's like you don't really have to go. Keep working. She was making me feel very guilty over yeah. it, like a typical Jewish mother would. would. Um, and I like I remember seeing it. I was just mortified. I was like, I can't believe that the whole day I was like this. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> this is definitely like noticeable. You can't cover it up. What cover your, your pants? I was wearing blue jeans. Okay. No. And they they were that's
2: fashion. Blue jeans. Louisiana. Blue
3: jeans.
4: <laughs> um,
3: I would, I just I um called my dad to come pick me up from from work. He's like, and I'm just, not like, getting that on my seats. What? No, he he didn't know. Like I had oh, a, that's fucking. Had a hoodie and I. I could like, he not
4: smell Sarah. it when you got in the car? He no, did. we
3: never talked about it. <laughs> if he did. But he did, did get a new car later that week. Yeah, yeah. He, he set that one on fire. He did. Yeah. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. Oh boy!
2: He
3: printed up sent it of the Hudson River.
4: There you go. I
2: must have told the Long Island Railroad story, right?
4: Yes, right where you peed on like the subway. I stairs didn't and stuff? pee yet. Yeah. No, no,
2: that, that, that's different. <laughs> oh. That was Atlantic Avenue. Look. This was uh, the Long Island Railroad. I actually went to a party with Raba. Okay. In Stony Brook, and oh. for, I don't know why, but we spent the whole night there. I crashed, like fucking was drunk and lay passed out on somebody's like floor in a mm-hmm. dorm. And I couldn't find Rob or whatever. Some friend. And No well I we I think went we split there independently. Did like, like, we? Right. Just oh yeah, yeah, that's right. So whatever, I and in the morning I, I left and I took the Long Island railroad home and I I got to like probably five minutes out from the station in Jamaica. Like where you have to change. Yeah. I had to it to take yeah. another train home and i'm like immediately i'm on defcon 1 i like i have to shit like right now out of nowhere like it didn't it didn't build up it was just boom it's like a sudden diarrhea
3: broke somewhere
2: so i said oh my god what am i going to do and then it's so i said all right i made a plan i have to just get off at jamaica instead of changing i have to go and take a shit somewhere in a fucking restaurant or something and then the train stopped like they oh. they de- they're like there's another train in the station You have to wait yeah. for in and I'm uh, like, oh my god, I'm gonna shit my pants. I'm gonna shit my pants. And then I said, Look, I gotta be positive positive thinking.
6: Did you get I'm hot? not
2: gonna shit my pants. I'm not gonna shit my pants. It didn't work. I fucking like started oozing out. Oh no! And like, slowly, I'm still trying oh. to quench. But I wound up going to, like, it was done. I, it all came out.
6: Oh.
2: But now I'm like, I changed to plan C, which is I have to go somewhere and dump these fucking drawers because I'm in <laughs> Queens. I'm like an, a 90-minute train ride from my house now. I'm not going home with fucking shitty ass. Well,
3: where so, would you get more pants?
2: I, I just thought I'm going to take, get hopefully it's contained. <laughs> just buy new underwear, right? oh, No, I no, no. I was going to go home commando. <laughs> oh, but then you ruined your pants don't care. I want to get home without <laughs> okay. a load your of my pants. It's survival, you're right, you're right. Am going to go buy fucking... It, it, you know, ru- if it's yeah, there, it's it ruined does. anyway. Yeah. I'm never you're wearing right. these pants. And you're right, you're money. right. So I'm
3: going to remind you, yeah. So I,
2: so I found a... I found the first place I could go to change, which was like this fucking shitty, seedy... 70s R&B bar with all these I like. I feel like
4: maybe you have told the story. Yeah, like these
2: 45 anyway. year old like guy in a pimp suit is the boss of the like <laughs> walking around being the host and everything. There's actually people in there. I'm like, hey man, you mind if I go take a piss or anything? He's like, yeah, go ahead. I go in there. I fucking quickly pull my pants down, take the drawers off, dump them in the fucking uh, trash, can. trash can. Did you look? It was pretty like it, it, <laughs> it, it was I'll say one thing, it was contained. I believe it was wow. contained. My memory serves it was contained. Tidy or Boxers? Uh uh, uh Boxer Briefs white. only oh, is all okay. everywhere. I don't hmm. fuck with those. Uh either one of those cause problems the other two. So I dumped it and then like I'm making my way out past the guy and it's like a fucking movie. I have to get past the <laughs> prison guard or something. <laughs> And he's like, alright, alright, and then he's like, maybe he smelled it, I don't know, <laughs> but then he's like, and then I'm out the door, and he's like, hey, you just dumped your fucking dirty drawers in this fucking bathroom, I know what you did, and that
6: motherfucker, like, he starts, he starts going
4: out, and then I just jet to the fucking <laughs> <drink. Just don't laughs> The fuck
11: out of there. The perfect
4: crumbs. You should go back there, see if that place still exists. <laughs> they have like a plaque honoring that one time that white guy came in and dumped <laughs> shitty underwear in our bar. <laughs> <laughs> the French dip
2: Belarus. He changed his name. He, the, I definitely did tell that story. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but it's, it's been a while. It's been a long time that some of the details are even
1: finished.
4: Yeah. I
2: hope I remembered right.
4: Do we have any other? Uh... I guess
2: that just reminded me about uh,
1: the uh, airplane story that I told. That's <laughs> theoretically <laughs> in public where I was shitting so long. that... The flight attendant came over and was like, "Are you okay?" there?
4: now you are power shitting all over the world. Power shitting.
2: Yeah. There was that other one at Jeff's. uh, Our friend, RIP, Jeff's uh, bachelor party. When we were at this guy Jamal's house, and I, (laughs) I, Jersey. It's freezing cold. Snow. It had snow. It. wasn't snowing at the time, but there was like three feet of snow on the ground. And I. I drank so much, and this is the last time I ever drank. Yeah, you've definitely told it. And the last time I ever smoked weed, I believe.
6: <laughs> uh, That's how traumatic this yeah. was. I
2: was <laughs> and like, fuck it, never <laughs> worth it to do it again. And I stuck to it. I said that many yeah. times, but I'm not a good. It was not a good drinker. I would throw up easily and all that. And so. I I had to immediately throw up. Someone's in the bathroom. I fucking run out to the snow and just barf all over mm. the snow. Okay, that's done. I go back in. I eat this disgusting like chili that our friend brought. <laughs> yeah, it was like a bean dip, and immediately have to throw up again <laughs> and shit at the same time. Oh, Darren. So I run to the bathroom. Finally, there's nobody in there. First of all, I'm shit. I shit first, and there's a, the chili comes out. It looks exactly the same <laughs> as it did in the container. Uh, with the beans intact and all that, was not digested one <laughs> iota in my body. <laughs>
3: Your uh, body's like, I don't
2: want this. This is this, it, it, my body was right. Let's be honest, it was awful. All
6: right, and my body was like,
2: stop putting things in me. I've had I, enough. But then I why have Why won't you learn? I keep in mind I'm still piss drunk at this point, so coordinating all of this <laughs> is very difficult. Uh, so and then I have to throw up. So I, I wipe, I wash my hands, I turn around and I start throwing up. And as I'm throwing up, I have to shit again. So oh. now that it's like I'm on like a turntable. Oh. I'm like back and forth, and I don't realize like how much time is passing. Like you said with the mushrooms, it's like yeah. dilation, you know? Right. And all of a sudden I hear the, the host, His name is Jamal, and he's like, Yo, you've been in there for a fucking hour, bro. Come on, people got to use the bathroom. And I'm like, I've been shitting and throwing up for a fucking hour, nonstop. I feel like out. honestly, it might have been even longer. I feel like
1: once what you noticed, went into the bathroom, no I did not see you the rest yeah. of the night. And like, like we were concerned. We were genuinely like, yeah. Aaron okay came there, I was and, not. and you were like, <laughs> you were like, I'm fine. Don't come in here because yeah. like, it
3: smelled. And it's, yeah, yeah, like, no, I didn't. You were, very were you flushing between vomit of course, and being casual? I was sex. constantly flushing.
2: I was trying my best to flush. It had a refill and all that Yeah,
3: so. yeah.
2: But uh, also, like, I felt bad. I, like, I legitimately wanted people to come in and use the bathroom, but I couldn't. Like, I couldn't. I wasn't done. Like, if I went outside, I would have thrown up on the floor.
6: Yeah. And didn't oh. you
2: say some people were, like, throwing up at the sink at that point? Oh, another person uh, <laughs> was puking because he couldn't hold there. It was just so. Then I was, was a party of amateur, and it was just like,
1: come on!
6: Come I'm not really it. an
2: amateur. Like I was drinking my whole yeah, life. I just maybe never... the the
3: bean dip was poison. I think it was, it was just really a comment. Bad. Like
2: you were you were by the time we started smoking weed, you were already very drunk, and that's a, a terrible
1: oh, comedy. Yeah. I agree.
6: That's
2: really oh what man. It was. That's but I works. kind of already knew that I wanted to stop doing both of those things. So I said, this right, is like a like good occasion. Bottom. Yeah, did you like, learn your lesson? I you know, that's you that would be the normal assumption, but I don't think I already knew that lesson. I was just like, let's fuck it, let's do it one more time and then I'm, and it just and reminded you of why. Yes, you didn't it did. It, it reinforced what yeah. I was already thinking. So for the 300th episode, no. It'll be the first time Ooh. ever. No. Darren gets drunk. I'm not happening. I, I despise alcohol now. Okay, so then smoke weed. Uh, I, I
4: don't want to smoke weed. I don't despise weed. Being around weed, you two, but, uh, it's, we yeah, yeah, have a contact high at all times. So I have a much of more... All
2: get so high. I have a much more... Plus, it's going to be in my house. I don't want to, but we're oh, doing yeah. the show from my house. I don't I, I don't want... I don't have anything against weed. I have a very good attitude toward weed, but I'm not, it's not for me anymore. Like It doesn't fit my lifestyle or thought processes. But I support weed and legalization and all that shit. But alcohol, I think, is a disgusting devil drug. I can't yep. stand it. I'm with you. Yeah. For the most part, I agree. Do we have any other voicemails? We do.
1: Here's
12: uh,
2: l Duderino, who, again, sent two. By the way, they're saying that you never told that story. You claimed that you told. Yeah. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Just that I... I you I, might I have told us off the air. I feel like I did tell. it For my most recent trip when I went to NAM, uh I had Thai food... It sounded familiar, what you were saying. I had Thai food the night before, and it was some of the best, spiciest. I don't even like spicy food, but it was so good. It was so well-spiced that I, was, I couldn't stop eating it. And that night, I was fine. I, in fact, went drinking. I was, like, partying all night. But then the next day, it was miserable, and I had, I had you know, like, curry shits. Yeah, uh, the type of shits where your butthole agreeing.
2: feels the spice. Ow! And then you're and wiping had... and you're breaking blood vessels. Oh! Right yeah. i I just had oh, so, so much bad. shit to shit, mm. and I was shitting. I
1: basically had a, a, <laughs> my flight was first thing in the morning, so I woke up. <laughs> uh, we had we got breakfast at like uh, uh, either a Denny's another or another restaurant, some sort of. You know, one-star establishment, mm-hmm. and went right to the airport. And, and by the time we got to the airport, I didn't really have time to shit in the airport. So the only place to shit was on the oh, flight.
3: you're not supposed to poop. We you mean you're not. We've supposed all had to poop. our moments. Yeah. You got to poop. You're you stuck poop. in a
4: plane. What choice do you have?
2: It was a. Well, the a unspoken
3: rule is that you don't poop in the in the bathroom in an airport. So airplane. where do you poop then? If, if it, you're on there for like three yeah, or four, four hours in
1: you got to shit, and it's, it's Six hour flight
3: I'm going to hold it in For six Ridiculous. hours When there's you a bathroom use, Right there You use the vomit bag That they give you And you poop in that and and you, and you, What see, are you
1: talking about no, It's fine the But it uh, when I tell
3: you There was a mountain was Of so shit bad. There was a literal Mountain Ugh. Of shit People well, well you know You're supposed to like Press the thing That opens The bottom of the toilet So you let it Accumulate in there Yeah <laughs> That's what I did. Yeah, yeah, no, you're not that,
1: supposed to press it when you're on the shitter. it suck you right <laughs> in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: No, I'm just saying I'm it's like a plate. Of and
1: group. so I'm saying like it was so long. Thank God there, were, like this is one of those planes where there were two next to each other, so oh. everyone was just using the next one. It was, it was so long that the stewardess had to come come over and be like, <laughs> uh, "Is everything all right in there?" <laughs> and i was like, "Yes, everything's fine. It is now." And my feet fell asleep. Oh, oh no. <laughs> then it took me, like, a good five minutes oh my just God. to, like... Nah. Not to, oh, that's exaggerating. But, like, two or three minutes to, like,
4: get up and, yeah. like... Darren did his whole half in the time yes. to get up.
1: Before I could even
3: wipe, I had to, like...
1: Because it's like, cause it's like oh. I couldn't balance my leg.
3: Were you bumping was, into people on the way back uh, to your did, did feet? You
1: no, know, like, no, 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 no. I waited until my feet woke up before I even wiped, I'm saying. Oh,
3: oh, and
1: oh. I, it never required more toilet
4: paper than that for Dripping is, down your
1: it legs, was just like,
4: caught it, in your leg hair.
1: No, it wasn't
4: oh. that bad. Did
3: but you it, get all over the bathroom? The did toilet. spray? Or, or was, it was yeah. It was, it was it was a combination. It, oh, it, sure. it, it was
1: very. Le- it was, so it there was definitely levels.
3: got on like the wall or something. Oh no! It of the bathroom of or the of the toilet, toilet? You mean right? Of the bathroom. Like, what if it went? It, it just like exploded how out did of you. How it? was sitting. I, on I the toilet. sitting.
1: My butthole is facing down. It's not facing like to the side. Noah's been overserved tonight. How I don't, don't think she knows yeah, what she's doing. No, I know what
3: I'm talking about. How are you spraying it on a wall? How is that? If you're possible. sitting on the toilet and there's a little bit of space behind you, and the power is so so strong from your burning asshole that it just ricochets off the toilet and goes I don't into think, the wall. Uh,
2: speaking What's... as a above-average-sized uh, male person, I have never had a scenario where the toilet bowl <laughs> left open space at any, any part of my body.
6: Yeah. Okay perhaps I mean, I, you I, have
2: been in I that
6: must
2: situation. imagine I, I a really wide that. toilet
1: bowl. yeah this is an airplane though <laughs> okay. so, you know, yeah, it's yeah. not wide it's a tiny little <laughs> it's a tiny <laughs> toilet
2: let's get to these other
11: uh, which, uh, El, El for Zudorino. God's sake yeah, before like the, the question of the, of the week already. no Sid I don't have a cold I'm wondering what you're hearing I know you said your laziness has gotten in the way of your cleanliness on the show <laughs> so I don't know try using Q-tips
4: Ah! Am, I, am I wrong, though? Doesn't he sound like congested or something? He said oh. nasally. All
11: right. it. So there you go. So point. then that's
4: what I'm hearing. Hmm.
11: My best slash most embarrassing public defecation desecration moment would have to be back in high school. And yes, that was my nickname back then. This punk rich kid had keyed up my friend's car and slashed all four of his tires. So for revenge, we knew he was having a pool party Friday night. So Thursday night... We were going to go shit in his pool. That way he'd have to drain the pool and wouldn't be able to have the party. So we show up Thursday night. I ate a lot of Chipotle. My friend drives uh-huh. the getaway car. I get out of the car, hopped the wall, pulled down my pants. I realized I have no toilet paper with me, so I didn't know how I was going to clean myself. A
6: dollar. I got it the idea the pool. of sticking
11: half my body in the yeah. pool so I could shit and it would clean me, but it didn't work out. I'm halfway pushing it out. All the house lights go on. It oh. scares the rest of the shit out of me. <laughs> this 18-inch meat cigar shoots out. I jump out of the pool, grab my pants, run outside, and my friend had bailed. So ah. I had to run butt-ass naked for a block and a half, two blocks. <laughs> but we got off scot-free, and it was pretty funny.
4: Until now.
2: Oh,
11: Great yeah. story. That's pretty good. I remember I was uh, that's just reminded me of another public defecation story. <laughs> I was shot in a pool.
1: What? <laughs> When I was an idiot, like, I, I went on a cruise when I was really young with my family. Oh! And I was in the pool, and I was like, oh, I don't want to go to the bathroom. How old were you? About? <laughs> like, very, like, maybe 10 years old.
4: Aqua ah, Rub.
1: Aqua ah, Rub. <laughs> and uh, I remember I, I just I just shit in the pool and then I just saw the booty the rise up right me and, and I'm like,
4: I need to get out of here. Right and now that's it? did you see the fallout from this or are you gone? Did the lights gone.
1: I was somebody in the pool saw it and I was so embarrassed that I I it was like one of those moments as a child when you look back with like adult eyes where you're like what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Like how could I be
6: so stupid? You got away with it though. So what was the Yeah, problem? so that's all right. So Any other lessons? lessons?
1: Lesson here though, kids, don't shit in pools. It just floats to the top. Mm-hmm. That's the lesson. No, right. just,
4: always the top. The lesson is shit in a pool and get out before
1: just it floats away. Up. Right away. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh we also got Leroy Kenton. Oh. Uh who
4: that's one person?
7: Yeah. Hey, this is Leroy. What's up? Uh, first and foremost, I would like to second Aldutorino's idea and request for bringing in Slowmo as a sit-in guest for the 300th episode. No, no. Uh, okay. and I will not sell for less.
1: Oh, uh, I'm glad you won't. Except check. maybe
7: Mama Rabba not that, was, we that would terrific. not be
1: less. That would but, be uh, bigger. But my
7: food. most embarrassing yeah. public defecation moment would be when I was possibly in high school, maybe junior high. I was playing football with some friends, and I had to take a really massive dump. I didn't know where to go, so I went to the playground facility, and thankfully there was nobody around. And I climbed up to the top of the swirly slide in the most <laughs> enclosed area as possible. And I left a <laughs> giant mess at the very top. Did it and I felt down. like a real big asshole. <laughs>
11: well, That's my story. Unintended.
7: Shlomo China. We'll see you at episode 300. <laughs> Later. <laughs> All right. Uh,
1: friendship of Belarus in the chat writes, one time I was six, I was jumping on a trampoline, and I shit my shorts, <laughs> slipped on my shit, and fell off the trampoline. Now that's a story. Oh, that's a YouTube clip before YouTube. All right, we got a few yes. more. Oh, my God. Uh, we got Sheiky Baby uh, submitted one.
7: Hey, guys. It's oh. the Iron Sheik. I was uh, listening to the podcast and heard your question of the week. And wanted to
11: respond. Um, the worst farts I've ever seen, or smelled,
6: what? or witnessed, or how you want to say it, was uh, Andre the Giant
8: after he ate a baby.
4: <laughs> All right. Okay. So that was as the chic. That wasn't just Blake calling himself she baby, but then giving a Blake. Answer. No, that was
1: Andre. Uh, on, okay. That was uh, the Iron Sheik. Okay. And then here's another one. What's up, guys? This is D4NNY. I just want to say the worst
6: fart story I have is once um, I uh, shit my pants, so I guess it was a shark, and then I wrote the song Goodbye.
4: Thanks. Lovely. That's not a shark you shit your pants. That's a shit. That's a deep <laughs> reference. We haven't yeah. even played that clip yeah. in like
2: Forever.
7: two years. Boo! This is Don Bag's Ghost. Boo! <laughs> I just wanted to say thanks for sticking up for me last week. We'll share a black tooth grim one day. Boo! <laughs> Cheers. I know it's hot. Oh,
6: there, there we go. Time this,
7: back. go like
2: It feels hot because he's in hell. That's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, uh, uh, Blake sent this little uh,
1: remix of a cynic song. <laughs> going to get out of here. We have a question of the week for next week, though. What's the question of the week?
4: What is your favorite band name of all time, and why? doesn't have to be a band you like, just what do you think is the coolest band name, and why do you think it, what sets it apart?
2: There we go. That's going to conclude our show. We'll be back next here's, week. Here's my band name. If you want, you can steal it, because I'm not making a name uh, a band. Morbid DeAngelo.
6: D'Angelo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, we're going to get out of here. I'm going to play uh, one last thing that Blake sent over oh. uh, as our closing track. Here's something called Puss- Pussy Pizza. We'll see okay. you next week.
6: If you wanna try a pizza, try a pussy pizza If you're a little hungry and thinking about pussy, try a pussy pizza Pussy pizza If you're a little hungry and thinking about pussy, try a pussy pizza Pussy pizza If you're a little hungry and thinking about pussy, try a pussy pizza If you want to try a pizza, try a pussy pizza.
5: If you're a little hungry.